your fat asses all night long. You got fat asses. Know what chance you have? You have no chance. You had a chance to be the one licking split. You can't run to the fat asses. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the dens of lies. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with only Addison, Lex Luger, and the Army tomorrow night. I am not a happy camper. What is Bully Ray's motivation? No, I love him. I know he loves sugar. But I checked my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar. To be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. Look at a match for the total package, Lex Luger and Super Bowl, Super Saturday. What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Bowl Saturday. Super Bowl Saturday. You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair, day in and day out, do every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all about! I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane, I say thank you very much! Make, make, it, make a good, good luchas, good luchas. God damn it! I hate God! Hit the dog! Yes! We love you, Scott Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, Jr. Welcome back to every A&E TV show out there. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Wednesday night, Wrestling Outlet. How's everybody doing out there, folks? I am a boxman and, of course, riding along with me. What is up, my man, Smark? What's going on? I'm doing very good. I feel like we're uh, just on an episode of Jersey Shore there. But they didn't feel like paying for music right, so they just like hit a techno preset on like a Casio keyboard. And it's like, ah, fuck it, we'll use them. <laughs> What's the situation gonna do this week? Oh, he, he got himself up to some mischief. <laughs> he always did. And Impact Legend J Wow. Ah, oh, that's right. And hey, WWE Legend Snooky. <laughs> That's pretty, actually, that's pretty great that there's like a hierarchy amongst the Jersey Showcast. Because I mean, it's like, all right, Snooki gets WWE. J-Wall has to settle for Impact. If right. there's another bitch, she's probably going to be on like fucking GCW or something. Uh, Ronnie was on uh, Impact too. He did a quick run out. He was supposed to do another 
Um, another ep- another uh, 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 appearance that never did. Polly D on CZW. <laughs> Him and DJ just cutting it up. My hair, my hair. <laughs> Those are some cool pictures you got underneath that girl's dress, DJ. He's a real joker. DJ, show me how you lift them girls. Uh, okay. <laughs> You going to pay them and harass them? I can make a rap to that. (laughs) I can mix that. Oh, poor DJ Hyde. Such a bad rap. Such a bad rap. (laughs) I mean, he brought it on himself, but I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, bad raps aren't necessarily always untrue, but, you know, a bad rap just the same. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's just got, he's yeah. All right, I, I, I'm not getting into this whole fucking thing. I'm really not. Dude. I, I'm I'm not doing this. Let's just fucking. <laughs> there is plenty. Hey, love you, DJ. <laughs> there is so much more to talk about rather than um r- rather than fucking DJ Hyde and how he tanked CZW. I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who was who was even remotely a CZW fan. Um, and, and I really wasn't until, you know, me and Shaheen started doing the show. I started watching and until we started talking to DJ and I realized the guy is an absolute magician when it comes to fucking interviews. You ask him a question. He doesn't answer it, but he tells you 15 different things about something you never asked him about. By the time you're done, you think he answered the question. Really, all he did was plug his shit and didn't answer a fucking thing. You asked him fucking magician, dude. And that's how it works. Fucking DJ Copperfield. God damn it. I'm telling you, man. The guy's a fucking fast talker. But I, I, you know, I figured it out, but <laughs> too late. But the guy's a fucking magician when it comes to shit. And he can plug like no one can plug. I'm telling you right now, man. Make his anyway. fan base disappear. Uh, he definitely did that. Um, yeah, didn't take much, but he definitely did it. So. Anywho, like I said, there's a ton more shit to talk about rather than DJ Hyde taking his own company that he bought. Um, my God, we've got Sasha and Naomi walking out. We've got fights, uh, fans, hats being knocked off. Uh, I, I, Ric Flair wants to come back for a match. Oh, my Lord. And Ibushi gives us the really... You expect us to actually be surprised by that moment of the week, I guess. But yeah, we got a ton of shit to get into tonight. So uh, I guess what we should do, Smark, is just get right into plugs and then knock this motherfucking show out. What do you think? We got it. All right. So that means I got to get some music going right here in the background here. Hopefully my volume is good. I really got to do something else with this mixer because every time I come in here, my daughter has turned up every knob. One day I'm going to get on here and sound like Mickey Mouse because she keeps turning up the high. Hey. <laughs> Just saying. It's going to happen one day. Hi, this is Boxman. How you doing? That's what it's going to sound like. But anyway, let's go ahead and knock out these plugs real quick, which means I'm getting some music going in the background, which means we are rolling right now. That's right. And that means I want to talk about the high marks. That's right. The cheese man, the mojo, the G whiz. I want you guys to be checking them out. Sundays, 830 p.m. Eastern time 
right here on Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Podcast Network. Definitely be checking those guys out. Also, stop by YouTube. Check them out over there, too. Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades. They're the Inhumans on the Inhuman Experience. Subscribe to them wherever you get podcasts. And while you're searching and scrolling through podcasts, check out the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast with Eric, Doug, and Daniel. The EUP Network, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, definitely be checking those guys out. They have so many shows, I don't even know when they're on. They're pretty much on all the time. Just turn it on. You'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Milan sharing the show. Appreciate it. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com slash Stephen Milan. He's over there reviewing films. Two L's in Milan. Go check him out. And I was not able to do a Hollywood hangout uh, last weekend. Mom's birthday. Hung out there for a decent amount of time. I didn't get home till almost fucking midnight. But um, definitely going to be doing one this week. And I thought I'd keep with the comedy. We did My Blue Heaven last week or the week before. I'm going to do Down Periscope. A little Kelsey Grammer, a little Harlan Williams, a little Lauren Holly. Funny movie. Don't know if it, uh, not a very popular one, but a funny one at that. And I'm going to be doing that. So join me Saturday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mixler.com slash wrestling outlets. Mark, go for it. You got it. Mondays, 8.30 p.m. on the Metal Med Podcast Network, on the Mixler machine, and wherever you get your podcast. It's Cheese on Sports, starring Cheese, G, Liz, Luke Birch, Matt, and myself. We're talking the NBA Finals. We're talking the USFL, the NHL Finals. There were Game 7s plenty over the weekend. We got into that. And a couple of weeks here, about two to three weeks, I believe, we're going to be taking a radical sabbatical because we don't want to talk about baseball. You don't want to watch baseball or hear us talk about baseball. So no baseball, but we're going to be back soon covering the NFL as we do. So be sure to check us out uh, while you still can, I suppose. But we're going to be back soon, so never you fret and also what you want to do is check out the mojo and dirk's most dastardly show you got mojo you got dirk that's why their names are at the title because that's uh who hosts the show how about that that things work that way and last but never least you want to check out our friends at planet ragons it's planet ragons who are podcasted bobby and the papa dave and young nasty all 16 episodes of season one are available for you as well as season two i believe we're up to eight episodes right now so be sure to subscribe and check them out so you do not miss that episode because you don't want to you don't ever want to miss the episode there you go i think we've got that handled which means i'm going to go ahead and turn the music down there we go oh my volume is just a touch loud i'm gonna turn myself down just a little bit there that should be a lot better right there and there we go yeah that's much better much much much, much better anyway yeah it, it, i Look, that was up, up up in the yellow for a minute there. Shouldn't be in the yellow. Shouldn't be in the yellow. Nah, no, nah, no yellow at all. But um, should be good right now. And uh, all right, so we've got a ton to get into now. Like I said, there's um, I actually did miss right around the first forty five minutes of AEW tonight. My uh, both my boys were getting some little awards for the scouts, and figured I'd be there for that. You know, dad shit. Got to do it, man. I don't know that shit. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Neither on the receiving nor on the giving end. So (laughs) if you care to enlighten me, this uh, soapbox derby you're talking about here. Yeah, I think I'll just let it go and not depress you anymore. Smark, I'm sorry I forgot about that. Let's just keep going here. Anyway, we have a ton of wrestling to get into tonight, (laughs) Well, ironically, it's fitting because we're going to be talking about another walkout soon. So, um... (laughs) 
Sasha's going to get milk and cigarettes, everybody. <laughs> yeah, they'll be back. Don't worry about it. Actually, Sasha went to get milk. Naomi's getting cigarettes. Hey, but they still very much love you. Um, uh, <laughs> he just got lost, honey. He'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> but of course, but of course. Anyway, yeah, we do need to talk about a little bit what happened with uh, Sasha and Naomi Smart. Luckily, you had most of the news I had, so uh, we're going to be able to really smoothly do this. Um, But yeah, the Sasha and Naomi thing, um, I guess, you know, kind of sitting there. And then next thing you know, uh, Monday, I'd say right around a little after lunch-ish, we start getting little reports of um, Sasha Banks and Naomi had walked out of Raw. Now, when I see these reports, I got to say, I'm sure, Smart, you do too. You always go, hmm, maybe that's not exactly how how it went. I mean, they reported once that uh, Sasha and Bailey were on the ground in the hotel uh, throwing a tantrum like children, which turned out to be complete bullshit. So you always got to question this stuff, right? Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> I did until WWE actually put out, and especially when I saw Mike Johnson's name, but WWE actually put out a statement on it, <clears throat> which pretty much locks it up. Um, but uh, the other day, we're sitting there, you know, a little later in the af- in the evening, and we start getting things like the main event for tonight's Monday Night Raw broadcast changed at the last minute to Becky Lynch versus Asuka, after two talents walked out late in the day before Raw went on the air in Norfolk. Um, so basically it's saying that those two, it started off with they were not, uh, even WWE put out a whole thing that there was some bullshit in WWE's. Basically what's going on here is they didn't want to do something as it was booked and they stood up for themselves and walked out. What am I missing here a little bit, Smart? I, I know you got some more details that I didn't read through. Um, but I've got WWE statement whenever you want to get to that. Oh, dude, I was I was actually just in the process of pulling that one up, too. Um, let's see here. This is from F4W Online. The Oseva details are still light regarding exactly what happened. That caused Sasha Banks and Naomi to walk out on Raw Monday, but one Tuesday report as a version of what led to WWE's women's tag team champions leaving the venue. According to PW Insider, like you said, Mike Johnson, the plan for Raw was that Banks and Naomi would go head to head in the planned six pack challenge, with Naomi getting to challenge Raw women's champion Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. The report went on to say if there's a belief this Friday SmackDown kickoff in an angle to set up ba- Sasha Banks versus SmackDown Women's Wrestling Champion Ronda Rousey. That was almost hard for me to say. At Hell in a Cell with both Banks and Naomi losing at the event. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> a pitched alternative idea including Dewdrop and Nikki Ash that would also have set up a different program was not gone with leading the two to eventually inform John Laurinaitis they were leaving handing over their titles. On the post-Raw Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer said the two went to Vince McMahon about the creative plan and Vince did not back down, didn't agree with what they were asking. The report said McMahon learned of their departure reportedly right as Raw was going live. 
with the eventual Becky Lynch Adam Pierce segment pitched and approved on the spot that led to Lynch versus Oscar instead. Uh, from the report, the belief among some is that the creative issue was not with Banks losing to Naomi, but how the duo would have been portrayed over the next several weeks, especially after they had put so much time to building their tag team once Vince McMahon issued the edict. I like that word that they would be teaming and winning the Women's Wrestling Championships at WrestleMania 38, and that after diving into the building, after diving into building the team, not diving into the building, they did not uh, <laughs> commandeer a plane. They were going to wrestle each other and go off to put over other talents, leaving them exactly where, uh, which apparently was the crux of the issue. The WWE plan looks to have been that the Women's Tag Team Championships would have been downplayed, Gasp until their next program after Hell and Cell included. All right, all right. Um, man, a lot going on here. A lot going on here. Um, all right. First of all, let me start with this. The I mean the the chutzpah on these two women to ask the question, and then what happens? After one of us pins each other. And then what happens? And then... That's something I don't think WWE thinks about is the and then what. And I mean, it's it's something that obviously we've bitched about. They just... Because they just do everything week by week by week by week instead of, you know, the way they used to do it, which was long-term planning. Now it's just, all right, let's get it on TV this week and rush through it. So... I don't blame them for thinking that, number one, asking the question, okay, what happens after this? And I also don't blame them. I mean, so, you know, you're going to get two sides here. You're going to get, oh, they acted like babies, took their ball and went home, or, oh, they actually stood up for themselves and walked out, which, I mean, when Tony Storm did it, I stuck up for her. I said she knows her self-worth and she decided to leave. I, I'm going to do the same thing with these two. I think that they stuck up for themselves. People say that you have to do that in WWE. You've got to start standing up for yourself. How many times did you hear that from Stone Cold when he was talking to Moxley? You got to stand up for yourself, Ambrose. You got to stand up for yourself. Well, hey, look what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, eh, I think Sasha and even Naomi, I think, will come back. I know everyone was like, Naomi doesn't have the clout, but her husband is uh, a pretty important intricate part to a very big storyline so that might help she might not have the clout but she has the connections sometimes it's just as good listen the right dick kept nikki bella employed for a very long time mm-hmm. <laughs> just just throwing that out there now smart come on break, save me here come on <laughs> Oh, no, I was going to just let that marinate a little bit. I, it's funny that you mentioned the Stone Cold thing because this is very much what I was getting flashbacks to of when he uh, left the early 2000s there and they mm-hmm. spent like an inordinate, inordinate amount of time trashing him on an episode for all like the first week that it happened. Right. Which is like having JR go on and talk about like how he took his ball and went home and he was like a crybaby and this and that. And then like they had the rock come out and cut a promo on him about. Like how he doesn't want to be here, and we don't want you here, blah 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 blah. Uh, that's I mean, that's what it reminded me of. And yeah, like you had mentioned the Tony Storm situation, it's a little bit different because they were on a European tour, right? And because she was, you know, she wasn't a champion at the time. But like, I still agree with that. Like, 
I agree with her leaving. I agree with them wanting to walk out. Like, this is a company that fires people like every two or three weeks. So obviously, you're going to need to go ahead and put yourself before anybody else and put your own needs before their needs. Right. Because they will replace you. And in most cases, they have. They've replaced a lot of people. So, like, obviously, you're going to need to look out for yourself. And if you're getting pitched something that you don't agree with or that you don't want to do because if you think it's going to make you look bad, like, uh, I don't know if you saw the exact statement or whatever, but, like, Ryder put out a – or Matt Cardona, I guess, nowadays, put out a statement where he was, like, kind of – it was kind of a joke, but it also kind of seemed serious how – when they pitched to him the idea of him being like in that wheelchair and getting dumped off that fucking ramp by Kane and having like fucking, uh, I forget the name, Eve Torres, I think it yep. was that he was dead. Yep. 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 The whole John Cena thing. He's like, I probably would put my foot down there if I could have gone back in time. And it's like, yeah, like that's a perfect example of like they chumped him out and he had to work years to build back his credibility. It only takes one or two bad segments before you just have people completely fucking, you know, like not buying into what you're doing anymore. Yeah, but that was a time you just didn't fucking say anything. You shut the fuck up and you did what you were told. And I, 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 I hate to say, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I hate to say it, but um, I think John Cena might have actually just made everyone in the com- company comfortable with doing it. Because I think John Cena just went out there, ate every shit sandwich that they sent him out there with. Obviously, we know he said any fucking shit sandwich they, they, they let him, they, they told him to say. And I, I think he just, they just expect everyone to be Cena. Just be the robot we fucking tell you to be. Yeah. Be good little fucking soldiers in the WWE fucking military. That's bad. That, that, that's almost what it sounds like sometimes, man. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, military, to me, it's always kind of come off a little bit cultish. Like, not full-on cult, but, like, there's some... There's definitely some cult, uh, fun, you know, building blocks there. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, they're they're basically in their own little bubble, which is cultish in a way. I guess you could say. I I, I could see where you're going there, but I mean, it's like the military. Uh, to to me, I mean, you know, you got Vince, who's the fucking you know the evil general, who everyone's just like, God, I wish you'd die. Uh, <laughs> everyone that works there, you know, everyone in the military. But I I just. I don't know, man. I, I like I said, I both of us were, you know, in agreement with in agreement with what Tony Storm did. Yes, this is different. You're right. European tour, not champion. Now they did walk into John Laurinaitis's office, put the titles down, and walk out. So at least they're not going to be, you know, like you know, like with Tessa, Tessa Blanchard calling her up. Hey, can we get our title back by any chance? <laughs> Uh, maybe you know. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll pay for UPS, uh, FedEx, DHL. No. But can you at least just give us the address of the pawn shop that you left our title at? <laughs> Do you have Western Union or something? I mean, we'll send you a few bucks if we have to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh shit. Anyway, I was going to read the statement from WWE, wasn't I? Yeah, but the, I will say real well. Actually, you can go ahead and read the statement. No, no, no. Come on. Or does it? It, it kind of goes hand in hand. But um, I, when I had first heard about this, like I, like you said, conditioned to kind of wonder like whether or not you know it's the truth, based on a can you trust the sources reporting and the information that they're being given, and b it's wrestling. 
So, you know, you never know what is and what isn't a work. However, and I won't give too much away, but in the statement you're about to read, they apologize to the fans for not being able to provide them with their scheduled main event. And it don't, but like kind of brought it through to me that it wasn't, that it wasn't a work was the simple fact that I remember watching Raw and I remember them advertising a shit ton of matches that didn't happen or was altered like within the show. Like I've seen matches during the show that were made that they didn't deliver on. It's like, you guys don't give a fuck about not delivering on matches. Why suddenly are you apologizing now? So it's now more like, oh, we're the good guys. They're the pieces of shit that didn't give you what they want. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is totally their fault, dude. And I think what they say... Some of the things that they said in this that even Meltzer said were just complete bullshit, I think were pretty fucking shitty. Let me just uh-huh. get into this right now. Um, when Sasha, ben- the statement from WWE, and when you hear this, you're going to be like, is this really WWE? This really is an actual statement from WWE. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation. In the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw, they should be thanking them for their participation in the main event. That's what they're saying right there. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis' office, with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championships on his on his desk, and walked out. And John said, the hell? Um, they claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd have matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. This is the part that pisses me off. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show, no shit, whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret... We... We regret, we were, give me a sec. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. That is the worst last sentence in the world. Okay. The fuck, man? Why couldn't I say that? It happens. I, 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 know. I know firsthand. Sometimes words and phrases have a tendency to stick on you. Yes, yes, words and phrases. So... Okay, so the I'm just going to get to the main line here that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, if you will. It's the one where they say that they weren't comfortable working with two of the people in the mat. That put, now remember, this was going to be a six-pack challenge. So there was four of the people in that match, right? This puts four of the people in a great spot to think that they suck bad enough that that's why they left. That, that because obviously, you know, and, and I mean... <laughs> I think we can break down who they were maybe alluding to, but even Meltzer said that that whole thing wasn't true. They left because they were not happy with the storyline and they were asking, and then what happens after this bullshit? So I think that was kind of shitty. WWE literally, literally trying to cause tension with their own talent and they haven't fired Naomi or Sasha. That is still their talent. I think them trying to cause tension with their talent is fucking insane, insane to do, but that's mm-hmm. just me. That's just me. Um, anything in this thing, anger you a little bit? No, I mean, it, 
it's very like you said it's kind of like that that they're trying to like start tension between people in the roster like i, I just picture like laura knight is like talking to them after they walk out and he's like well they didn't say who they didn't want to wrestle but they said one of them didn't have a soul and they said the other one wrestles while using chopsticks it's like hey don't do that don't do that you knock that off. It, it just for some reason it does make me laugh though that like all of this got laid on John Laurinaitis's head because I oh, understand yeah. that he's like one of the top like executives there, but just of the people involved that just, just something about it just seemed like he was very ill-equipped to handle that situation. Oh, like yeah, we're gonna walk out at the last minute and we're going to fucking it's gonna be Johnny Ace's problem now. Oh, if Jr. was there, they'd lay it on him. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, they fired him for not controlling Ric Flair. Yes, they fired him because Ric Flair got drunk. I mean, literally, they proved no one can control Ric Flair, not even on a fucking airplane. And they fired Jim Ross over not being able to control Ric Flair, who I can't wait to get into to, to talk about later. Yeah, he yeah, that was during that video game press conference where Ric Flair got drunk, mm-hmm. made numerous comments about like how Jim Ross's wife should be fucking him instead, and then Jim Ross got fired. Like it is a great company to work for. <laughs> Why would somebody look out for themselves in such oh. a great company that cares about its employees? Jim was slurring a little bit up there, let's not lie. Oh, he was drunk too, <laughs> but it wasn't his fault. Like he, he, I think he that might have even been the birth of the famous Gatorade con. Like I had some Gatorade. Yeah, it was. It was. You're right. You're right. It it's was. like yeah, don't drink the Gatorade from the honky tonk man. We mm-hmm. all know what's up with that. Yeah, we've all seen the U shoots. Mm-hmm. That's good wrestling fans. Anyway, we've seen the U shoots. We know what's going on. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> how the fuck did we get there? Um, I, I, I. I this is just one of those situations. I got a feeling, like I said, we're, I think we're going to see both of them back very soon. I really do. Oh, yeah. They're not going to fire. Well, I mean, they're not going to fire Sasha. Naomi's kind of a 50-50. I don't think they're firing her either, but they're, they're not fun. Dude, I got I, I to gotta be honest here, dude. After, after, after Naya got fired, I really don't think they give a fuck who you're related to. I don't think they care anymore, dude. I really don't. Yeah, that's why I said Naomi's a 50-50, because before I wouldn't normally say that she's not going anywhere. But I mean, I'd put I on. don't know how, you know, like after a while you start sort of losing degrees of separation there and it becomes, you know, your job might not be as safe as you think it is. Well, I mean, let's face it. They were pissed at Snoop Dogg for a minute anyway because he went on AEW. <laughs> so, I mean, and, you know, so I'd put Sasha 50-50 also. My opinion, though, they'll be back shortly. I'd say, uh, well, yeah. Well, with Sasha, though, it's more of she has crossover appeal because mm. she was, you know, she was in the Mandalorian. I don't know if she still is or if she's filmed anything else with them recently, but she has a little bit more of, you know, she's out there in other avenues other than just the wrestling. And they're obviously star fuckers. They like that kind of thing. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah there's that so yeah you're right but i mean i i i think they're both 50 50 but like i said they'll 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 show up soon i wouldn't uh i wouldn't worry i don't think i'd put them in the same tony storm category i i, I think they'll come back yeah i do too 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely do. They may not be champions when they come back, but they will come back. I can see them being like maybe suspended or fined. Like, I, like I seem to remember when Stone Cold came back, they fined him some like trivial amount of money. Hmm. Was basically just like, ah, you owe us twenty five bucks now. <laughs> it was twenty five thousand, and we'll take twenty five and just announce it on TV. Anyway, let's do this. Okay, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. That's probably about what they're going to do with them. I don't know. I guess we'll see down the road. But um, like I said, man, I, I, I so listen, if you really believe that, I mean, like I said, you're going to get the two sides. You're going to get, oh, they were babies about it and they walked out. Or, hey, look, they stood up for themselves and fucking are standing up for something that they really obviously are passionate about. I, that's my take on it. Well, yeah, I mean, Regardless of whether or not, like, the reason for them leaving, you feel like they're justified, and I mean, like, a royal view in this instance, if you feel like they're justified in their reasoning for leaving, it's their career, it's their life, they're the ones that are giving their time to this cause, they're putting their bodies out there, they're like, you know, you hear it, you hear, you hear it on commentary, like, with Jim Ross a lot of the time, that, like, this move or this match took years off their life, and it was, like, a little bit of an eye roll situation, but, like, Really, sometimes it might, you know, and sometimes you take certain bumps or whatever and you feel it for years to come, but not like forever. And you see some of the older wrestlers, like if you watch uh, Beyond the Mat, like Terry Funk, just in constant fucking pain and mm. agony. It's like they're, you know, they're putting their bodies out here. And if you don't agree with, the, you know, what it is that you're sacrificing your health for, I don't blame them for leaving or for not wanting to be there on that particular night. I think that, like you said, I think yeah. they're coming back, but... Right. I don't blame them for walking out. No, no, I really don't either, man. Really, I do not. So, uh, like I said, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Time will tell, but I believe they will uh, both be back in the company uh, sooner rather than later. So, man, that was a, I mean that 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 was kind of shocking to hear this week, this weekend or Monday, excuse me. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. I will say. It's unfortunate that that's like kind of the only time that I can find myself being interested in what they've got going on at WWE these days is when it's like some negative shit. But, you know, it is what it is. I love that Dirk comes right in with boo fucking who. Booty. Dirk does not care. He's not here to simp. Booty fucking who, bitchy. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. I will say, though, <laughs> be careful with that shit on Twitter. Not that I would know or care. I I'll fucking fight him all day. It's funny to me. But <laughs> the fucking Sasha Banks fans are the most, like, ruthless group of people. I think it's probably just because they never get laid. But they're the most bloodthirsty fucking fan base. And, like, you say anything negative about her. <sighs> and they will fucking descend. Oh, damn it. Crap. My fucking Skype just shut down. Hold on a sec. Let me get Smart back on here. I don't know what happened. I looked up and Skype was down. Smart's probably still talking. That's the funny thing about this. So give me a sec here, everybody. Let me hold on one sec. Let me get Smart back on. Hold on here. All right. I got. I. I don't know what happened. Skype just decided to shut down. Didn't like you for a minute there. See, I was. I just got done trying to warn people. Doug's fucking Sasha Banks fans are ruthless. And they somehow knew I was talking about them, and they cut our internet connection. Sasha Banks fan said, go fuck yourself, dude. So, all right, we got you back now. 
Yep, we're good. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. I don't know what happened. Whoa. Is someone cheering for Rocky in the background? No. Not anymore, they're not. All right. I don't think that might be on my end. Who knows? Maybe my wife's out there watching some sort of movie. That's weird, though. I do hear something. I'm just not sure what. Anyway, let's just keep talking. I'm not worried about it. If you can't hear it, let me see something here. Yeah, there's something coming through on the microphone. Someone's moving something out there. Nothing I can do about it, I guess. I can turn my... There we go. That's a little better. Then I can turn my mic up, and that should get rid of it. All right. So, anyway, now, where were we going with that, Smart? You were telling don't piss off the, obviously, the Twitter fans of Sasha's. Oh, they're, they're a ravenous fan base. Like, I swear to you, there was, you know, we don't need to talk about it too much, but she had liked an anti-vaxxing and pe- I, I had never seen such, like, just ridiculous amount of, like, freak outs. Whereas, like, people were saying that they were literally crying, that they couldn't believe it, that they were going to delete Twitter, that they were just going to stay off the internet because they just couldn't handle it anymore. It's just like, I, the fucking amount of temper tantrums of just, like, these people. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're a fan, like, we talk about how, like, crazy female wrestling fan base is being. Mm. But, like... Even even by that standard, it is a just a whole nother level of absurdity. Yeah, those white knights come flying in. Not much you can do about it, man. But uh, see, now I'm low. God damn it. All right, there we go. We're back in here. Okay, we're fine now. I don't know what that noise was, but it seems to be gone. So anyway, let's just keep talking here. But yeah, I I, I, I agree. Some of the, I mean, let's face it, any anyone's fan base is just toxic at this point, but... Mainly the female wrestlers, you're right. Mm-hmm. Those those people are, are crazy. So, all right, so Mark, let's get into um, a couple more that we, uh, we kind of both had here. And I was going to talk about the little fan fight in Georgia. Yes. With wrestler Joe Black. Now, I've... Seen the video? You, you've seen the video, right? Yes. All right. Um, so I guess this is what happened. Um, Joe Black was in the ring. He was uh, in a match. This was for uh, intense wrestling entertainment. Is what uh, what I what I'm seeing here. And suddenly the fans started talking shit. I guess he knocked the guy's hat off. It was Joe Black versus Anthony Henry. And I guess Joe Black knocked his hat off. Big dude. Big country dude. Joe Black knocks off his hat, and the guy just proceeds to fucking headbutt him. Literally headbutts him, basically like down on the like chin and chest is where he gets him. Yes, he met Joe Black with the crown of his head. Yes, yes, and it didn't. It looked like it hurt, but Joe Black didn't really flinch much. He just. Started beating the shit out of the guy pretty quickly. Indeed, he did. It was, it was a very interesting like fight because, like you said, he he flicked his hat back. Joe Black flips this guy's hat back, mm-hmm. and just immediately his his very first move to launch into combat, his opening salvo was to headbutt the motherfucker. Which, like we've talked before, we get into whether or not this was okay. 
like, it is just important to mention that, like, that was a pretty nice headbutt. Like, the idea of being willing to sacrifice yourself to headbutt a motherfucker uh. to start off a fight is pretty intense. Like, people don't, we're not, people don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy was definitely willing to take some fucking shots. And, I mean, he was willing to throw down. And, I mean, he, you know, it. this was pretty bad. I wasn't sure what was going to happen here when I first saw this video. It was a big motherfucking guy. Joe Black's not a small guy either. No. Not at all. But, um, I mean, they went at it a little bit. Fans were getting into it. Refs were trying to hold him back. I think other wrestlers came out there to try to hold Joe Black back. And they started going at it again. Right. And they, and then they, you know, they, they just keep going at it. So, Jesus. Uh, hold on, Logan. Sorry, everybody. I'm in the middle of something, but there we go. Okay. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is just like work. They don't care if I'm on the phone. They'll come up and talk to me. Anyway. Um, literally. Just back and forth. Yeah, there are other wrestlers out there. Back and forth. Even people from the um, crowd started jumping the rail and trying to hold back people. But this guy was a just a... I mean, just for knocking off his hat? Right. That's it? Allegedly, there's a woman, I don't know if it was confirmed or not, that claimed to have been his wife. I'm going to assume she's telling the truth because that'd be a really weird way to get attention to yourself. <laughs> and be like, ah, I was the guy, I was the wife of the guy who decided to fight the wrestler. <laughs> That's not necessarily uh, something to be proud of. No. So no. I'm going to assume she was telling the truth. Allegedly, what had happened was not only did he get the hat, but he also got a portion of his glasses. I guess it knocked the glasses off too. And like when they were coming off of his head, it like cut the bridge of his nose or whatever, which is still pretty ridiculous response to that. Which it was like clearly an accident. He wasn't trying to go for your glasses. He was trying to go for your head. But that is the logic or reasoning that we were given by a lady who is claiming to be his wife and probably is his wife. Um, all right. But yeah, I, I, I would definitely say, yeah, that's still not enough for me to go after someone like that. Um, especially not a wrestler, dude. You And like, easily, I'm, I'm looking at the card here. One of the biggest, and I don't mean in, in name value, one of the biggest wrestlers on this card. <laughs> like, of all wow. people that you decide to get into a fist fight with, it is the giant, giant man. Yeah, he is not, I mean, he's not the tallest guy, but he's not short. And he's certainly not fucking, you know, small in statues, a big jacked dude. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have messed with him. I wouldn't have done right. this, first of all. But yeah, okay, so he, yeah, I mean, he knocked his head off. The dude didn't even hesitate, got right up. And just, bam, smacks his head into him, and they start throwing blows immediately. Now, does Joe Black have to keep throwing? Did he have to throw punches back at the guy? What do you think? I'm entirely okay with it. Like, uh, yeah. even regardless of just, like, I personally don't think the guy should have headbutted him, but, like, either way, we, regardless of, like, what, who was in the right or who was in the wrong depending on who you ask, there's different interpretations of that. You are now in a fight. Oh, yeah. And anything goes. Like, yeah, if you want to fight, like, if somebody headbutts you, 
if I get anything, it's fair game. You know, just hit him as many times as you need to or whatever. Like, that was, I, I gave the guy credit, the fan credit for launching a really good head, but he did not have as, as great of a follow through. The rest of the game plan was kind of lacking because after that, <laughs> Joe got the upper hand on him and uh, proceeded to work him over for a little while until yeah. security got involved. And had security not gotten involved, I'm not a betting man, but I'd be willing to bet that Joe probably would have stomped this man out. I, Joe was starting to throw downward elbows. I don't know if you saw that or not, but he was starting to throw downward elbows. Um, that's a big guy. It's a very smart move to do with a guy that size. Um, it's, it was, it's kind of like those like UFC fights where one yeah. of the guys gets the other one with a blow that they weren't expecting and they stagger him, but then they eventually like kind of come to and then like take over the course of the fight and right. get the win. It was, it was a lot like that. Like Joe was not, nobody is going to be expected to get headbutted in the face. Like nobody's going to expect no. a motherfucker to just headbutt them right out of the blue. But uh, after he got his wits back about him, he, uh, he, took, he started taking things over. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, gonna, <laughs> I can't believe we have to say this again, Smart. Don't put your fucking hands on wrestlers or your head. Right. You're, you're 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 gonna get fucked up if not by that wrestler, one of the others. If not by a fucking wrestler, security. If not by security, a fucking ref will fuck you up. You're going to get fucked up. I don't care if it's an indie show. I don't care if it's WWE or AEW. You're gonna get fucked up. Right. So well, I mean, look at this guy. Comes out fucking shirt ripped, nipple showing, looking like Andre the fucking fatty. Kind of looks like Kevin Owens if you let himself go a little more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little more Arn. I've got to go with a little Arn Anderson. Younger, younger Arn let himself go. Uh, that's my might be a little more. And but, I am uh, like, if the reports are true, I am supremely disappointed that people didn't film after like all of this went down. Because apparently, in the parking lot, according to one of the guys that was there. He's like a he's a reporter for one of the wrestling websites. Apparently, this guy's daughter was like supremely pissed off with this man for making a spectacle out of himself, and like she kept shouting that she hated him and that like he was an embarrassment and like so on and so forth. I would have loved to have seen that video too. Unfortunately, the footage is missing. Do you know this is gonna go viral, you idiot? Well, yeah, I mean, imagine, because, like, okay, it's easy to presume. She's probably, like, maybe a teenager, maybe in her early 20s, whatever. Mm -hmm. People are going to know that that's her dad. And it's just, like, there's so many things that you could be made fun of for there. I'm just being, like, your dad's the guy that fights wrestlers. Your Your dad's the guy that doesn't know that wrestling's not real. Like, just all these kinds of things that people can fucking tease you about, like... Your dad is basically real life Randy Martians. Yeah, pretty much. Now, according to uh, this report here from um, from itrwrestling.com, now Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net was actually at this show. Yeah, that was the guy I was talking about. Okay, he said the guy was mouthing off throughout the final the the, the main event, which Joe Joe was in. And finally, Joe just knocked his hat off, just being a wrestler, and the outcome was what it was. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's part of the thing is, like, 
okay, people were saying that, you know, he shouldn't have touched his hat or whatever. Fair enough, I guess. I don't necessarily agree with, like, the way that he went about it, but that's what happens at independent wrestling shows. Uh-huh. It's like, don't go there. Don't sit at the front row. Don't sit close to the action if you don't want to be part of the show. Like, because it, it doesn't always happen, but there is the chance that it will. Like, people brought up, there's all kinds of instances that people brought up of, like, MJF did shit like this, uh, El Fantasma, New Japan's done shit like this, Chris Hero's done shit. I've seen Chris Hero just, like, like smack people's hats off their heads all the time. <laughs> and there was, like, one guy who he just, like, straight up bitch left. Like, you can find it online. There's been all kinds of instances of just wrestlers starting, you know, little altercations with fans or whatever. Not altercations, I guess, but, like, doing crowd work. Essentially, you're doing getting healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of is, man. I, it, it, it's just insane, dude. Absolute insanity is all I got to say. I just just don't understand why people don't fucking put your hands on fucking wrestlers. It's that simple, dude. Yes. <laughs> it's, and I mean, it, it, but it's become more and more commonplace. You know? It like has health. We just recently, and it's not the same exact thing, but it's it's relative. It's adjacent to. We not too long ago we're talking about the Dave Chappelle incident. It's like that guy got his fucking like arms broken. I guess essentially he got stopped the fuck out. Like if if that's not a good enough reason to tell you not to get involved with performers during a performance, like I don't know what more you need. Jamie Foxx will fuck you up, man. That's all I know from that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jamie Foxx fuck you up <laughs> that is sort of the funny part about that is he basically got like beat up by a Hollywood Suzuki like some of the most funny people like on the planet eat the shit out of him. see that was the like the funniest thing about that um, that show Lawman with Steven Seagal when he was a cop mm-hmm. you literally people would be like wait a minute I'm being arrested by Steven Seagal what the Some fuck? Of, I've seen clips. And I will say that if, if you have not seen clips and you're listening to this, it's well worth your time. I like it, it sounds like a ridiculous premise. It's even more ridiculous in execution. Dude, it's it's on either Tubi or Pluto, one of those free platforms. It is on. It's fucking wild. Like if you like Steven Seagal, it's funny. If you don't like Steven Seagal, it's funny. Like regardless <laughs> of how you feel about it, it's funny. It's it, it's definitely worth it. Check it out. I, I I can't remember if it's on Tubi or Pluto, but it's on one of those free platforms. You can watch it for free. It's not that far off from the fucking Mad TV skit either. Oh. Of like Steven Seagal's America, where he just like goes to places and beats up people. Yeah. And like I said, the show got canceled because they could never prove that he actually went to any police academy anywhere in the United States. Uh, it's so wild. I mean, I, I gotta give him credit. Like, he—it's definitely on the fake it till you make it sort of mentality of just like he just woke up one day and he's like, I want to be a cop now. Yep. Just they let him. They let him. Like, just believe hey. in yourself, and good things can happen. I suppose if anything can be learned. Hey, Elvis Presley was an honorary FBI agent. And there you go. You got enough money, dude. They'll let you do any fucking thing you want to do. You realize that, right? There's a uh, former player for the Bears, Charles Tillman, who actually became a legitimate certified FBI agent. 
Oh, like he wow. just got done playing football. He's like, all right, I work for the FBI now. It's like, okay, that's cool. Hey, I mean, you know, they're not not every FBI agent is out there in the field doing shit. So, you know, he might. I, have I a, feel like part of like being an FBI employee is like you're supposed to be secretive, though. So like that kind of blows up your spot if people know who you are. Well, you're trying to gather intel, and people are asking for your autograph. And they're not all undercover either. Hey. <laughs> you say so. This isn't the CIA, Smark. CIA, KGB, VPN, mm-hmm. <laughs> ESPN, right? NBC, CBS, TB, TNT. They know action. USA, TBS. I think we did TBS already. Um, what are some other ones? UPN. I think I did UPN. Yeah, might. we're all out of sh- networks. Spike TV, Ion Network. I think my wife. Pax just, TV. I think my wife just cranked up our TV out there. Duh, Pax TV. Good one. Good one. Good one. Anyway, um, I think we were gonna say don't fuck with Joe Black, um, yes. or just don't fuck with wrestlers at all. I I just don't see why we still have to keep saying this. It seems like every month. Something comes up. Someone gets attacked. Someone gets jumped. We had Seth Rollins getting jumped a couple of months ago. We had this. We had the Dave Chappelle thing. Fans are getting balls, dude. I don't know if you saw, but some chick decided to try to fucking charge the octagon at a UFC show. Yep. (laughs) I saw that. I encourage anyone listening to seek this out. She She got really far. Until she didn't, because <laughs> she made it all the way to the top, and then some security guard—I don't know if it was male or female—just let gravity take care of the rest. They just shoved her, and she fell hard and far. She and she did not get up. <laughs> nope. She that was just, round one fail. That's not exactly like, like a like a one foot drop or something from that, that from that cage. That's. That's that's a good like three four feet. I will give her credit for one thing and one thing only. She waited until the last fight of the show to do that. I think the fight was already over. I remember because that was the card I was telling you about where nothing happened and it sucked. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like somebody pointed out, it's like, all right, what happens if you get in the cage? Because now you are in there with two trained fighters who do not know what's going on and are trained to act on instinct. So like someone's probably gonna fuck you up. Like the you getting bounced like a fucking rubber ball was probably the best case scenario. Yeah, trust me, the dudes might not have beat you up. There was someone in that fucking audience. I guarantee one of the women was in that audience that would have come in there and fucked you up. So yeah, yeah, it's just not a good idea. I just I don't know where people have got these uh, these sudden giant balls from. Did you hear? There's a oh god, I'm trying to remember his name. I think it's like Jim Cromwell or some shit. He played. He was an actor. He was in like the movie Babe, I think. Hmm. He uh, glued his hands, or he glued a hand, to the counter at a Starbucks to protest the fact that like vegan milk costs more 
Like, just people oh. are just out of their mind with this protest and shit. People keep gluing themselves to things. We were talking about not too long ago, there was a lady who glued herself to the court during an NBA game to protest God knows what. But it was it's just, for whatever reason, people are gluing themselves to things now. Yeah, and I know who you're talking about. He was also in The Longest Yard. Yes, he's a big man. Big, Six, big, seven. big tall guy, yeah. Yeah, very tall guy. Um, but yeah, I know you're talking about the guy from the movie Babe, the guy from that movie. And I think he was also, I want to say, The Green Mile. You can take a look. We can find out. I'm pretty sure he was in The Green Mile also. Yeah, I believe it was to protest the vegan milk being cheaper. There's a real good way around that. Just stop being a fucking vegan little pussy. But um, <laughs> there's ways around that, you know, Smart. As good of a way as any, I suppose. Uh, yeah, Green Mile. Warden yeah. Paul Moore. That's right. He was the warden. Great. That's a, that's such a good movie. It's like three three and a half hours long, but it's an excellent movie. I think you got yourself a potential show idea. He's L.A. Confidential, Star Trek, First Contact, General's Daughter. You could do a whole little retrospective on the nutcase that glued himself to a Starbucks corner. Yeah, let's see what happens with that first. <laughs> is he Is he still there? workshop i you know i don't know oh that's actually i did not follow up on that i heard that he did that but i did not find out if he uh i think he actually did free himself with a knife so that that, uh sounds painful was that in la had to have been yeah they probably just kept going like nothing even happened i would have i I mean regardless of where it's at like you know i wouldn't have been in starbucks i don't drink coffee but i just i'd be like hey uh yeah can i get my uh peppermint latte please kind of glue did he use? That is a real good question. I mean, if you use Elmer's, you can just fucking peel it off. It's like, Jesus. But I mean, you know, super glue, gorilla glue. You use gorilla glue. That fucking, you're going to be fucking taking skin. Yep. Yeah. Super glue, you might take some skin. A little alcohol will loosen that up a little bit, but still, you're going to fucking hurt. I used to love, like, being, when I was a kid, uh, the Elmer's glue. You just pour it on your fingers, and then you could, like, peel it off. Yeah, make big boogers out of it and stuff. I wasted the money of so many teachers in retrospect from doing that because I like I had to have gone through like several bottles of Elmer's glue during my tenure in school. Were you the paste eating kid? No, I was never the paste eating. Kid. Okay, me neither. Me neither. No, I was not. No, no, never, 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 never did the we, paste we eating. Did some sculpting in high school and I don't remember why because it was in high school it doesn't seem like it would be practical for a Mm. science class because it was in science class Mm. and of course being 15 years old I thought it'd be the most funny thing in the world to scope the penis I forgot that I had done that and I just left it on my desk and the teacher came back and yelled at me and I honestly God had no idea why she was upset with me until she pointed at it and I was like oh yeah that's right and quickly dismantled (laughs) that is not what it looks like well, she, yeah, she walked in and she yelled at me. And I was like, what? And she pointed and I was like, oh. <laughs> you, you like, should, I genuinely forgot. You should have said you have a dirty mind. That is the beginning of a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> you sick woman. Sculpting the fucking Lincoln statue. What are you trying to do, teacher? You hitting on me? Hmm? This is clearly the Washington Monument. You, it's not my fault you're not a patriot. Exactly. It fell over. Mm-hmm. It just fell over. It's the leaning tower of Pisa. I haven't. I just haven't, haven't squared it off yet. Meaning tower of penis. Oh shh! Damn it! 
Oh my God, what does my wife have the TV on? Nine million? It's, it's really fun. My grandparents do that because, you know, being older, they have a hard time hearing. So going to their house is fun because they turn the TV up to about 80 and then they talk over the television. So, like, you're getting surround sound of people just screaming at you while you're trying to have a conversation. It's very disorienting, but it's fun. Yeah, pretty much the older you get, the volume kind of starts equaling your age. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every year you get older, you got to turn it up a notch. By the time you're, by the time you're 70, the fucking volume's on 70. That's it. That's the way it goes. It's the way it goes, man. Uh, I use my headphones a lot, though. Yeah, that's good. I use these. I use the Bluetooth headphones because I got the um, the uh, cube out there, the Fire Stick cube. I just pop on the headphones a lot, especially when the you know, kids are like when my daughter's sleeping or something. It's easier to just pop the headphones on, and then I got nothing else to do. And I got two pair of Bluetooth headphones. I got another little little pair over there from Brookstone. I don't even know where they came from, but. They're Brookstone, so they can't be bad, right? I don't have the Brookstone ones. I have the J-Labs. They're about like 30, 35 bucks. They work for... Yeah, I got these Skull Candy ones. My wife gets me pretty much every Christmas. I like them. They're pretty cool. All right. Let's jump into a little something else here. Smart, we're about an hour and five, about an hour and five minutes in. Let's see here. Smart, why don't you uh, hop on into one of those? Yeah, sure, but of course. Um, so, as I try to pull it up, and of course, Messenger decides to sandbag me, one of my favorite things is uh, at no risk of going anywhere anytime soon, because if you know me, you know I love nothing better than good old grumpy gym rolls. Oh. And we're going to have Plenty more Grumpy Jim Ross moving forward because Jim Ross has signed a new contract to remain part of the AEW broadcast team. On an episode of Grilling with JR podcast on ad-free shows, we expect you to play our show, not Jim. The legendary pro wrestling commentator announced that he signed an extension with AEW, quote, not too long ago. Ross, <laughs> for some reason, them putting that in quotations makes me laugh. Like, you really had to get the specific quote of him being vague as to when he signed his contract. <laughs> um, Ross estimated that the length of the contract extension is for about a year and a half. Oh. So another sort of vague, not an exact time frame, but about a year and a half. Quote, I don't think we've made this announcement, but I signed an extension with AEW not too long ago, Ross said. I appreciate Tony Khan's confidence and his willingness to keep me on the team and contribute. We're not going a long time, but I think I signed for about a year and a half or something like that to stay in the, to stay in the position I'm in. I'm just really pleased that at 70, I still have a future, and at 70, I'm still loving what I do. Dave Meltzer has confirmed, thank God, that Ross's new contract is for 18 months. Ross's previous contract with AEW was up this year. He signed a three-year deal with AEW prior to the company's debut show in 2019. Nice, man. I'm uh, I'm glad, man. Listen, I've, 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 even when JR fucks up, I'm like, leave, leave, leave the fucking guy alone. He's 70 years old. That's I mean, interesting. His target, he's saying here, is that he wants to make it to 2024. Because that'll be 50 years of wrestling for him. Wow. I think he can, man. I don't think that's a problem for him. And I'd like to see that that for him. I like JR, man. I really do. I think he's a fucking really likable, not even character. I think he's a likable guy. 
Um, I think WWE treated him like absolute shit. I think they embarrassed him every single chance they got. And, you know, we were talking just at the beginning of the show about people who just fucking take whatever fucking, you know, shit sandwich they decide to hand to him, hand them. And uh, I think JR was probably one of the guys who did that for a very long time. Let's not, I mean, let's, you know, just what they did to him in his hometown in front of his family, him awfully, awkwardly, obviously uncomfortably dancing in the ring. Um, just everything they did to this guy, they just, every turn they embarrassed him. And I don't know. I, I think AEW is treating him right. They're not making him go in the ring. They're not making him fucking work his ass off. He sits there, does commentary, and that's it. And I mean, not to go completely dark with this, but we it was on an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I think the worst situation they put him in was he was their lone representative there during Owen Hart's funeral. He mm. talked about that on the Dark Side of the Ring. They made him go, and like that is an unenviable position. Like I understand wanting to go and pay your respects or whatever, but like he, they, they really threw him into the fire on that one. Well, yeah, it, it's not surprising. Got it, got it. Yeah, they got, put him in a lot of shitty positions, like you said, on TV. But then also, I mean, he was—I believe he was the head of talent relations for a while there. And he had to—he was like the axe guy. He had to fire people. He had to tell people that you know you're you're too fat or you're too short or this that and third uh-huh. uh, you're not good enough to be and you know he had to tell some people some real unfortunate truths or what they believe to be truths yeah. so, you know in some cases they were proved wrong but he had to be in some pretty uncomfortable positions with a lot of people just like having to be the guy that stomps on people's dreams yeah he definitely was man he, he most definitely was and you're right they always put him in in pretty bad positions just 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 because they just felt like it, it seemed like. But yeah, that'd be cool to see him get fifty years in twenty twenty four. I I definitely think he'll uh, he'll he'll hold out till then. But um, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I like Jr. I I think just having his voice in your company is a plus. It makes it feel more like wrestling. Jr. is is I mean the voice of wrestling for a lot of our. A lot of youth <laughs> that are wrestling fans that, you know, were, well, people more, a little more my age that were around for the Attitude Era and, you know, a little, a little after that. His voice just makes it seem like more wrestling to me at, at times. Yeah, I think, like, it, what he kind of reminds me of is, like, if you've lived in a market long enough, a local, like, market for long enough, and you listen to, like, sports radio or whatever... Or watch tell you know like local sports broadcasts. There's always like the announcer that sort of resonates with people. Like growing up in Chicago, everybody loved Harry Carey. Like nowadays, everybody loves Stacy King. He's a Bulls commentator. Uh, you know, like people like Vince Scully for the Dodgers. It's just like somebody that's been there for so long, and like you just grow to associate their voice with whatever the sport is that they cover. I think, like you said, I feel like that's kind of how wrestling is with JR. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny you compare JR to uh, Harry Carey. Um, uh, JR does sound to be drunk every now and then. Well, yes, this is true. This is Harry Carey. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? Me too. It's like he, he, had, he was in the right market for it. 
like nobody's going to give him shit for being drunk when like 80% of the people watching or listening to the game are also drunk. <laughs> um, the only thing that could have been better if, is if he was Irish and in Boston okay, <laughs> and, and drunk. It would have been the same thing. And it was the right, it was the, it was the right place and the right time. Cause let's face for, it for a very long time. You had to be drunk to experience the ghost. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If, if he tried to do that shit nowadays, my God, Oh my Lord. Drinking on air. I mean, we're a shitty podcast. I can drink. <laughs> uh, um, I do. There was one in, in relation to that. If you ever get the opportunity, there's a show called Blockmire. It's about a disgraced former major league baseball announcer. And it, there's a lot of similar elements to that of him just like being drunk all the time and like making a spectacle of himself. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, just watch Major League Three with Bob Euchre. That works. Or Major League Two. Two. I think it's the second one where he where he where he starts drinking. It's the second one uh, where he does. Uh, just just watch that. That's hilarious. Bob Euchre was a fucking and definitely obviously the wrestling tie-in right there with Bob Euchre. If you don't know, look up Bob Euchre. Just check it out. Um, I'll never forget when Andre put his hands on his neck. You literally it almost covered his whole face. Yes, it, was, it looked like he was like fucking trying to pop a grape. It looked like he had a fucking action figure in his hands, dude. It was like, oh, my God. And Bob Euchre wasn't exactly a tiny guy. Yes. You know, I mean, he wasn't a fucking, you know, wasn't a fucking giant, obviously, but he, he, he was an average height for a gentleman. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Jim Ross, definitely glad to see that he's going to be sticking around. Um, at this point, I don't feel AEW would be the same without him. It would really, really be something that, um, I personally would miss. Sorry, Smart, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I totally agree with you there. I don't know if, because you said you missed a little bit of AEW tonight because of, uh, the scout duties. I don't know if it was during that period or not, but there was a period in, during commentary where Excalibur reflects something up. And he apologized to Jim Ross. Jim Ross was like, eh, don't worry about it. The internet will cut you slack. And they'll cut you slack. They're not cutting me slack. <laughs> they like you. Jared, put a fucking mask on, you fucking freak. Uh, <laughs> take it off, you fucking wackadoo. Anyway. All right. Good for JR, man. Good for JR. Cancer-free. Just had a new contract. Things are looking good for JR, and I'm happy for him. That's that's fucking good news, man. Um, all right. So we were talking about Flair a little while ago. Um, folks, Ric Flair, there was some video coming out of him. I, I, I think we might have briefly mentioned it, Smart. The video of uh, Ric Flair and Jay Lethal in the ring together. Um... It, it's not good. It's kind of in slow motion. It almost seems like, <laughs> but for a seventy-year-old, I guess you know, if we're gonna go there, for a seventy-year-old, it didn't look so bad. It turns out Ric Flair actually is going to make an in-ring, like re another match at seventy-three years old. Um. Listen, I would shit on this, but we just saw Vince McMahon have a match at 73 years old or 76 years old. Excuse me. Right. 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 76. Right. 
so I don't I don't even know what to fucking say, man, to be honest with you. But Ric Flair, I, I, I personally don't really want to see Ric Flair in the ring. I've said this before. I think it's better that I just we all remember Ric Flair for the greatness that he was. And let's just leave it at that. I don't need to see him anymore. I don't need to see a lot of these guys anymore. Um, but it turns out, Nashville Fairgrounds, Smart, you going to go check this out? But of course. Okay. Um, this is going to be the Nashville Fairgrounds. It's going to be a little independent show. Now, it isn't going to exactly be just Ric Flair. Um, it's going to be a tag team match. It's going to be, this is, I, I got to admit, this is kind of cool. Um, Dave Meltzer added to the announcement. He said, yeah, Ric Flair is going to be. He said it's going to be the Nature Boy will be teaming with FTR's Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler. And his opponents are going to be the Rock and Roll Express with Ricky the Dragon's Steamboat as their third man. I'm not going to lie. I've got a little nostalgia boner from this match. <laughs> I could be wrong. I might need to check it, but I'm pretty sure that Steamboat done went and pulled out of that. Already? Wait a minute. This article is just from fucking today. Oh, it's from yesterday. Shit. Uh, let me, I, cause I remember seeing something about that when I was looking through the articles, I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this. So, um, uh, it's around here somewhere. I, I'll find it. I was actually just pulling up the Nashville card. Dude, you literally just, my, there goes my nostalgia boner. Fuck, man, you just killed it. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat says he declined offer to face Ric Flair in the last match uh, 11 hours ago from The Observer. Recent reports suggested that Flair and Steamboat would be on opposing sides of a tag team match on the July 30th show. Dave Meltzer commented that the rumor was Flair and FTR team up to take on the Rock and Roll Express and a partner during a recent Icebox Austin signing. However, Steamboat revealed that he turned down and offered to be in the match. Quote, I was approached and I've gotten it. So I was approached and I've given it some really serious thoughts. Sometimes you got to slow down. Steamboat said, and a lot of respect for the guy in the ring. Both of us are night and day when it comes to stuff outside of the ring. You never pulled your dick out, huh? Your family man? Ain't no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, uh, baby. Family kids man. Do the best you can. Don't sexually harass flight attendants. <laughs> man, yeah, don't, you know, yeah. Doubt it. The family man. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's that part's not going to be happening. Uh, still going to be taking place in the natural fairground, so... Uh, well, now I'm sad. Now I'm sad. But again, I mean, when Vince got in the ring a couple of months ago, we didn't completely shit on it. We didn't. We didn't. Um, this is an indie show. It's going to be kind of, it looks like it's going to be a little kind of a nostalgia show. You got FTR, who's that kind of, everyone calls him a throwback, you know, to the old days. So... I'm, do I want to see it? It doesn't fucking matter if I do or I don't. Uh, to be honest, I don't. Do I have a problem with it? Not really. I mean, what about you, Smart? Where are you at on this, man? Um, I don't want to see it, and I feel like he's taking a health risk, but that's his prerogative. So, I mean, if something happens, he knows the risk. 
Now, here's my question. Does Tennessee have an athletic commission? I doubt it. I've, I have not heard anything about it. Well, like, you know I what? Mean, I'm not super. I'm not super in the know when it comes to Tennessee independent wrestling, but should we? I have never heard it discussed by anybody. We should ask Siri. I wonder if Siri will come through my phone. Hey Siri, does Tennessee have an athletic commission? An athletic commission. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, no. Hold on. Say this is an audio medium. We're going to need you to not sandbag us. Here we go. Watch this. You have to say. Which one? You have to say. Tell me. Hey Siri. Tell me if Tennessee has an athletic commission or not. Okay. I found this on the web for tell me if Tennessee has an athletic commission or not. Check it out. Oh, Check it shut out. up. <laughs> it does. It looks like it does uh-huh. as of, uh, yep, as of 2016, Chapter 115 enacted the athletic commission. So he will still have to be, if I'm correct, he may still have to be cleared. So this may or may not happen. It's also an indie show, a little, you know, a little payola <clears throat> to the right guy. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? A little, uh, little, little good old boy networking smart. There you go. You never know. The good old boy network might give old, uh, give old Jerry Lawler huh. a call. Give okay, Lawler. I don't know how much reading we really want to do, but I found, uh, that's amateur wrestling. God damn it. <laughs> I, it it came up as pro wrestling, but no, oh well, yeah, I don't I don't think anybody wants to hear about the rules and regulations of uh, amateur wrestling in Tennessee. No, but I'm happy to know that Siri comes through the phone. That's pretty cool, or comes through the because I mean they do have an athletic commission for amateur wrestling, but I don't know if that also applies to professional wrestling as well. I think that well, I think. You still need, a, I mean, you need a license. And I think to be licensed with, if there's an athletic commission in the state, I think everyone needs to be cleared. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not at an indie show. Indie shows may be different. Maybe different. I, yeah, I mean, they, they let, you know, fucking Jerry Aller wrestle. Well, and I and I mean, I'm not even going to make the obvious joke there, but like for real, a couple of months after he had his heart attack, he was on a wrestling show in Tennessee. So right. then, yeah, he's probably they're, they're They probably don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> so anywho, um, anyway, I, I agree with you. I really don't want to see it. I don't want to see Flair in the ring, but. I don't think he's going to be in there long. I don't think we're going to see Flair taking Canadian destroyers. I mean, if he's in there with Ricky Martin. I don't think it'll be Flair taking it. I just don't. It could be. You never know, I guess. (laughs) I mean, you never know. But um, I, I, I... Let's just see how it goes. If it goes, what's going to happen from there, I guess. So... I don't know. I just thought I would bring that up a little bit because, you know, I thought saw the steamboat stuff and you just literally kind of just popped the whole bubble. So smart. Just get into one of your fucking articles. I will say, though, they're, they're leaving money on the table because I guess this is in conjunction with StarCast. I don't know if it's a part of, but it's being ran at the same time as StarCast is being run because it's the same time that SummerSlam is being ran because it's being held in uh LP Field, I want to say it's still the name. No, Nissan Stadium. Yeah. They've gone through a fucking tremendous amount of name changes. It's the Titan Stadium in Nashville. 
Okay. Um, I could name like five off the top of my head that it used to be called, but so it's hard to keep track of. But yeah, SummerSlam's happening uh, the weekend of July 30th at the Titan Stadium. So that's going to be pretty cool because that's an outdoor stadium. So it's a real nice stadium. I'm curious to see like how the layout is for the stage and whatnot. Anyways, StarCast, they're leaving money on the table because you should have gotten Conrad run StarCast. You should have got him out there. Mm. I would have fucking paid good money if you could tell me that there'd be like the co-main event of the Ric Flair retirement match is Conrad versus Loki. I would pay fucking $80 straight up. No questions asked. If you could, if you could promise me that Loki would be there, like I would need a picture of Loki in the locker room first. Dude, I'm but flying. Otherwise, I'm flying to Memphis. I'm flying to Nashville, baby. I would mm. go. Fuck it. It's two hours. I would go <laughs> to see Loki just fucking kicking the mat a couple of times. I would, I, I'd, I'd fly out there, man. Actually, I could drive there from here probably. <laughs> like we've said, it's not the worst thing Rick Flair's done. Conrad Thompson is. Oh. <laughs> all the, I'm inclined to agree with him. Of all the things he's been accused of, associating with Conrad has to be up there. I see a lot of people that fucking defend Conrad. And even, you know, the, 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 the his fucking multiple Patreons, all this, all that. Oh, I appreciate his hustle. I never said oh. I didn't appreciate the guy's hustle. I think the guy's a fucking con man. This guy was already a fucking millionaire. He's got cash grabs everywhere. He charges, charges people to go to this fucking podcast thing. Screw fucking Conrad. Fuck Conrad. Fuck him in the ass. Fuck him in the other ass. Fuck him in his ear. And the other yeah. ear. I mean, I, I don't... It's, it's a very weird position to be in because I, I also, like, I don't respect him as a human being, but, like, I, I do applaud his ability to scam people. Like, he knows how to make money. I mean, he, he knows how to achieve the goal that he established for himself. No, he proves there's a lot of fucking suckers out there in the fucking world. He's, I mean, he's a carny that's working wrestlers. It's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, he married into the right family for carnies. I'll tell you the truth. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he lucked out on that one because let's face it, if he wasn't married to one of the you know the Fleer daughters, would we know who the fuck this guy is? Not at all. He'd be another fucking mortgage, fucking a, a mortgage guy with millions that was just on his fucking boat in the middle of nowhere. No one would give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Trying to get 20-year-old girls out there on the boat to blow them. Yeah, probably sitting in a strip bar with cocaine on his fucking belly button. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just having strippers do a line of coke, do a line of coke off his fucking gut. That's, oh. Oh, that's an amazing... He just like lifts up his fucking gut and just she just does a line of his fucking food book. Which role you want me to put it in this time, baby? Oh, I'm not gonna lie. When you, and you say I know Patreon's it's a different format, but when you said Patreon, I started thinking OnlyFans, and I cringed hard. A fucking Conrad Thompson OnlyFans is about the most disturbing image that you can ever <laughs> manifest in your mind. Oh, oh. and I, I have now given everybody else listening that oh. burden. So enjoy. Conrad, <laughs> Weeb says Conrad should be in a cornfield with fish. I feel like Phoebe. My eyes, my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have fun getting to bed tonight, people. 
Oh, fuck. Don't, I hope if anyone's listening to this while driving, we apologize. Please don't crash. Or eating for that matter. Oh, God. Jesus. Maybe we should talk about diarrhea or something to make him feel better. <laughs> Somebody just threw like an entire plate of food in the garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, I can end up like that. Oh, that oh, was vegan food anyway. Who cares? Okay. Or John Cromwell, Jim Cromwell. Glad I got my hand off that counter. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Uh, Rick Fighter's retirement match. No, we weren't. We, we were past that. We were... Past that into whatever was going to be next. Yeah, which whichever one you want to talk about, man. I got uh, I got a couple. My last one ties right into AEW, so we'll jump into AEW from there. Um, but we got two for you, and I got the uh, I still have the Ibushi thing, the uh, Kodo Ibushi thing, which uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time. Yeah, the Ibushi one interests me as well, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. Awesome. Um, I guess from one interesting wrestling lineup to another, there is a new promotion, which uh, honestly, when I read this card, I thought it was Control Your Narrative. So I was very excited to talk about them, but apparently it's not. Several former WWE stars, along with the pro wrestling debut of a former UFC fighter, mm-hmm. are advertised for wrestling entertainment series. This is that that's a very unwieldy wrestling entertainment series debut show. I don't like that. That's a uncomfortable <laughs> thing to say. Wrestling entertainment series is a new promotion that's being launched by the tag team formerly known as the Authors of Pain. So the debut show is taking place at Motor Point Arena in good old Nottingham, England, on Saturday, June 4th. Um, the event will air live via Fight TV. In the main event of the show, former UFC star Alistair Overeem will make his in-ring debut against Adam Shear, a.k.a. Braun Strowman. It's advertised that this match will be to crown wrestling entertainment series apostrophe first wrestling world champion i'm not uh i hate saying wrestling world series the full card is listed below world championship match adam Shear versus alistair overeem uh the good news about this promotion is they don't appear to be testing women's <laughs> championship match lena fanny that's not how you pronounce it but that's how i want to okay aka naya Jax, will be taking on cj perry former lana the tag team championship match, the authors of pain will be taking on Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Uh, Killer Cross is going to be in the house. He's taking on, <laughs> sound like a stripper DJ, uh, versus Samurai Del Sol and Jonah, former Bronson Reed. Uh, women's tag team championship match, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood versus Deanna Perazzo and Chelsea Green. <laughs> Everybody's favorite, Mojo Raleigh, will be taking on Lindsay Dorado. Uh, in the pre-show match, it makes me laugh that he's relegated to the pre-show. Mike Bennett will be taking on Biff Busick. And another pre-show match, Dirty Dango, a.k.a. Fandango, will be taking on the former No Way Jose. Okay, so let me just get, <clears throat> let me uh, let me just break this down for you guys here. Okay, um, championship match, WWE guy, new guy from UFC. Alistair Overeem's pretty badass, by the way, in the... Uh, in the UFC, he's fought for more than just UFC, by the way. Um, Overeem's been in Pride, which we'll mention something about Pride a little later. Strike Force, um, and then he failed some drug tests. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now he has done some pro wrestling before. Um, I, I think once or twice he's done some pro wrestling, but that's it. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, he's failed a few drug tests. Alistair Overeem has. But this is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, it's literally WWE versus the, the newer guy from UFC. Uh, Nia Jax, uh, WWE. Uh, CJ Perry, WWE. Um, Authors of Pain, WWE. Wesley Blake, Steve Cutler. Both, I believe, WWE. This is just a WWE cast-off fucking card. Except, uh, wait, Madison Rain and Deanna Perrazzo. Well, Deanna Prazo was there. She was in NXT. She was in NXT. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think Madison Rain ever was. So there you go. Besides Madison Rain and Alistair Overeem, that's it. Two people on this card have never been to WWE. The rest of the card. This is ridiculous, dude. Thank God it's in the UK. It's like it never happened. I mean, it doesn't happen in the, in, in the United States. It doesn't happen, right? Yes, that's right. If an independent show happens in the uh, UK, it's like a tree falling in the woods. Yeah, it's a fucking bunch of limey, okay, limey bastards. I want to see because <laughs> I could be wrong, and it like kind of doesn't necessarily count either if you're talking about things that don't count. But I think she was a part of. Uh, yeah, she was. Madison Rain was in the 2018 May Young Classic, so technically she's also a WWE cast-off, too. Okay, so it's just the one guy. <laughs> she was eliminated in the first round after losing to Mercedes Martin. Ah. So, I mean, it's she's more of an impact person, but she was technically there for uh, two seconds. Interesting. Very, very interesting, sir. All right. Well, I mean, this could be a decent card. It could suck balls. I don't know if I'm going to watch or not. June 4th. June 4th. Don't know if I'm doing anything. Don't care. <laughs> you don't have any uh, painting you need to do? You don't need to like, switch out a doorknob or something? Ow. Other more compelling things? I honestly got... I, it's a very like weird card, which is why I decided to read about it, because it's it's sort of wild. I thought it was a. I honestly, God, thought it was a control your narrative card at first. It looks like it. And then I read more into it, and I was like, huh, how about that? I didn't know the authors of Paint had a uh, promotion, which apparently they do now. They're going to be in good company. They're going to be joining Freddie Prince Jr. soon. Oh. Uh, There's going to be some crazy shit going on, folks. There's a weird amount of new companies opening. Like we just talked about, we talked about the Authors of Pain, the Freddie Prince Jr. Mm-hmm. one. There's another one that I'm, I'm having trouble remembering, but there's another promotion that's about to open soon. Uh, XPW is technically back, I guess. There's a whole bunch of fucking new promotions out there, and and it, it it's good. It's just I I don't know if it's the right time. But let's first. I mean. Post pandemic, some of the you know indie companies didn't get back up. Some of them didn't. ROH is now kind of on the wayside. I know Tony owns it, but they're not doing anything right now. So maybe it is the right time. Um, but speaking of other promotions, Smark, um, it's been an interesting week for a couple of the Japanese wrestlers. Uh, not only Ibushi, but even Shida, which we'll get into when we talk AEW a little bit, I think. Um, Kota Ibushi. Uh, just 
last week, of course, this happened right after our show, started putting out some strange tweets. Kind of, I'm not going to say out of nowhere. I guess he's been hurt for a while, right, Smart? Yeah, he was in a uh, he was in a match with God. I cannot remember his name for some reason. Okada. I don't know why yeah. that was so hard to remember. But the last match he was in, he was in uh, in there with Okada, and he got injured during the match. I think he went for a shooting star press, and he I, he was some sort of a dive. I think it was a shooting star press. He fucked his arm up like big time. Mm. I think he like blew out his shoulder. Yeah, and I mean th- they've been trying to get him back and almost forcing him to come back early is what he's talking about in these. But it kind of began Tuesday, last Tuesday. Actually, I guess we could have talked about it, but it really didn't start coming out until it was transcribed to us peasant Americans. Um, And here it goes. It was, uh, trend, once again, it was translated. So let's not, sometimes things get, uh, as the old uh, movie uh, lost in translation. So nothing's really been completely confirmed, but he did start tweeting some very weird, weird things. Uh, one of his first tweets was, I'll expose all about the former cheaters gun already returned and the sexually harassing bosses from the company's president's lies to his unreasonable power harassment this time, Ibushi tweeted. Get prepared. Pre- get prepared for this, uh, Tospo Tokyo Sports and TV. Asai, too. I don't yeah. care. Asai. Okay, thank you. I I have a problem with other languages. I'm sorry. I am not educated. Um, he's and he said I don't care. And about four hours later, he posted another tweet with a screenshot of a line. Um, a line from a chat that Ibushi had had with a New Japan higher up known as Kikuchi. <laughs> That's a fun name to say. I don't know why. It's a fun name to say. <laughs> I know exactly why. It sounds like Kuchi. <laughs> In the discussion, Kikuchi. <laughs> you just want to laugh at the end of it. Kikuchi. <laughs> suggests ending New Japan's contract with Ibushi, leading to the following exchange. I guess he obviously got a little pissed off. Uh, He said, if I'm told so from the NJPW side, I can't complain, Ibushi said. I'll get things settled. It's just fine if you just fire me. Um, Kikuchi replied, (laughs) I don't want to do that. What happened to you? Question mark. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, but that's like <laughs> that's very much like sort of a thing that like and it's how like a, a manager in a small time business would like handle things. Where it's like, come on, buddy, what's 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 wrong? Well, we can talk about this. We can. That's a middle management thing to say. Not somebody that like runs one of the biggest wrestling promotions in the world. I know, but I, I, I've got to be honest. I've always heard that uh, Japanese and Korean are both very hard to translate to English because a lot of their words don't translate correctly and or easily to English. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, so this, I mean, this could be very choppy for a reason, or it could be 
not translated completely cor- completely correctly. Um, and at one point, he even put up a one tweet that the guy pulled back and was when he started um, actually accusing Yakuza of being involved in um, New Japan. Um, to that, I have to say, oh, no. This is Next thing not... you know, you're going to be telling me that there's a uh, boys club that might have influence over Lucha Libre somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, that's, I mean, that's like saying the mob is involved in strip clubs. <gasps> no way. Um, I, I mean, this is not the first time this has been accused of New Japan being involved with Yakuza. It's it's really not. That's why I've made jokes about it, which I probably shouldn't fucking do. Uh, <laughs> those guys got fucking long arms, man. <laughs> they can get you anywhere. But, I mean, this really keeps going for many more tweets. I'm really not going to go through all these tweets. Literally, there's about 10 more paragraphs of tweets that they go back and through. But that's one thing. that Obviously, everyone's thinking, well, he'll just show up on the forbidden door. You think... You really think Tony Khan is going to be like, well, look, I, I know you guys are having this whole brouhaha with uh, Ibushi, but I'm just going to put him on my show anyway. Go fuck yourself, New Japan. I, I know we just made this big deal, but why don't you go fuck yourself? Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, I don't think Tony's that stupid or greedy or unethical. I don't think. I don't. That would be so McMahon. <laughs> The uh, ill-fated sequel to That's So Raven, That's So McMahon. McMahon would... <laughs> I think I just might have named the show. That's So McMahon. But, but McMahon oh. wouldn't have told anyone and just had him show up out of nowhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Kept him in a closet all day. I will say, in in what has to be like a stroke of, of genius on, on their behalf, I had forgotten. Um, I actually have the game. But New Japan, there's a couple of New Japan wrestlers, and they're actual, they they show up as themselves. Okada and a couple of other people, uh, Naito. Um, they're in the video game Yakuza 6. It was the Yakuza series of video games there in the Yakuza 6. Hmm. So if you type in New Japan Yakuza, you just get a bunch of video game-related results, which is uh, fucking genius marketing on their behalf. Like, well, that's how we get rid of this rumor. Yeah, well, you know... It, it's funny, the, this rumor came out about another company, which I just talked about a minute ago and said we would mention, which is Pride. Pride, actually, they didn't just have accusations. They were proven to be basically run by Yakuza. And no TV station would get within a fucking, you know, 10, 10 feet of them because... If you just stay out of the fucking deal, you'll never be intimidated. You know what I mean? Right. The further you stay away, the further you stay away, if you know what I'm talking about. I will say, I've mm-hmm. watched Pride, and I feel like the Yakuza's booking is better than Dana White's. I think you're right. Um, But I do have to say, I think UFC is more legit than Pride was. Yeah. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot more came out about Pride. Well, I mean, I mean their, their role set's a lot more fun to watch, though, or it was, because they're not a thing anymore, where you could just, like, 
fucking stomp on people's heads while they were down, like knee them in the head and all this kind of shit. Like you, you could get a lot more violent there. You really could, but I mean, it was that's why it was over there. It was just easier, and that's I mean, that's what they wanted to see, man. So. I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of Pride. I did watch a few. I think I watched a couple. Why do I? Tank, Tank was over there. Abbott. Tank Abbott went over there for the for, the, for their first few shows, didn't he? He was over there for a little while. I think he was over there for their first few shows. I, I know at least for their Sean first. Sean O'Hare tried his hand. He got fucking knocked out. Uh, There's talk about fucking wasted fucking potential with that fucking guy. I'm sorry. I. Trust me, I definitely know what happened with him, but waste of potential, man. The guy was fucking awesome. That last gimmick, that narcissist gimmick they had was fucking money. Apparently he only had one fight there, Tank Abbott, because there's a YouTube video that says Tank Abbott talks about his one and only pride appearance. All right. And I think he was shit talking the Yakuza after the uh, fight. After of course the he had fight. to fight a guy who I've never heard of. He couldn't have fought fucking Fedor. It's uh, Hideku Yoshida. Oh. Is a Pride Final Conflict 2005. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that guy either, but I would. Okay. Interesting. I do remember he fought there. That's all I remember. Vitor Belfort was on. Ah, fucking Alistair Overeem was on that card too. He fought Vitor Belfort. Okay. Uh, Dan oh. Henderson, Guerra. Vitor. Oh, fuck Shogun Rampage. Fuck yeah. This is, this is actually a pretty star studded show. And then you also had Tank Abbott on there. Uh, Vitor's a fucking beast. Vitor is a fucking beast, man. That back when I used to watch, Vitor was a fucking he was a killer in that fucking sport. No, 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 no pun intended. You know, with the you know the reference, nothing, nothing. But um, this was, I mean, obviously right now it's obviously a little up in the air where Ibushi's status is. But a couple of days ago, Meltzer did say that right now he does remain with New Japan, has not been fired yet. Um, Obviously, they weren't happy publicly with some of the accusations and some of the things said by him. Uh, but it looks like right now, you know, they're not going to do anything. They're, they're, I got a feeling they're just going to make him at least fulfill his contract. Yeah. They're uh, the, the, a little bigger on fulfilling your contracts than we happen to be in the United States. We find ways out of contracts. They find ways to fulfill them. So... <laughs> The way that you said that makes me think that like Shug Knights is going to show up at his house. No, not not with intimidation. Like, this is a business, motherfucker. You're going to fulfill your contract, or you can be nah, that Not with intimidation at all. Just by the person wanting to wanting to honor his contract, if they allow him to fulfill it. I'm I'm not saying it's going to be intimidation. I'm not saying they're going to hang him off of a fucking. Um, a, a, you know, a, a balcony and tell them you're going to fucking, you know, you're going to sing Ice Ice Baby or I'm going to fucking drop you. No. <laughs> I love the idea. I, I, that famous clip of like Vanilla Ice explaining how his song was different from Under Pressure. Oh. I love him to be launched into that monologue while Shrug is dangling him from the high rise. No, no, no. You see, theirs goes ding, 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 ding. Mine goes Ding, 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 ding. No, dude. It's the same shit, motherfucker. You can watch his Shh. hand. <laughs> Shug just starts loosening his grip while he tries to explain that to him. <laughs> yeah, I no, I don't think that at all. I, I just, they, they, they've got a little more, a uh, little more honor than we happen to have over here in this country. So, like I said, uh, we try to find ways out of contracts. 
we just talked about that um, in the beginning of the show. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, as somebody who I don't watch it a lot, I'm actually going to start watching it again because they're doing the best of Super Juniors right now, and I want to watch that. But I don't watch a lot of New Japan, but like, for a company that is sort of desperate for stars right now, they haven't really had a lot of new talent like come down the pipeline too much. Mm-hmm. Pipeline, rather. They, yeah, that that would be a pretty big loss for them. Like he's one of the most popular people there, and he's also he's he's a unique guy because like we talked about it before, he went and did the cruiserweight classic, and if you believe the story, he apparently had no idea who Vince McMahon was. So yeah. that's pretty wild. I think and we told the, that. I think we told that on the show one day that he, he walked by, high five this really big guy, and it happened to be Vince. Yeah, we, we did. We definitely talked about that on the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they wanted to sign him, and he just didn't want to, I guess, be in the United States for that long or whatever. And then, like, a couple months later, he's doing shows. Like, he's fucking literally wrestling in the street for DDT, and somebody's, like, shooting fucking Roman candles at him. So it's hmm. just like, he's a, he's a unique fella, to say the least. They were, they, uh, there was that Vice series, The Wrestler, or Wrestlers. And he was part of the episode they did on Japanese wrestling. And I guess basically the whole origin story was like he watched wrestling one time and he liked it. And he just like decided that he was just going to start emulating the moves. He's like, yeah, I can do this. And like Mm. he had like almost no formal training and he just fucking became a wrestler because he just felt like it one day. Must be nice. He's just he's a unique guy. Must be nice. Um, All right. That's going to be another thing. We're just going to have to wait and see what New Japan does. I Like I said, I got a feeling he'll end up working out his contract. Maybe leave, maybe staying. Maybe everything gets worked out. Maybe this, this, apologies are made. Who knows? Who really knows what's going to happen? But um, time will tell. Now, Smart, you got, uh, you got one more that I'm actually looking at the, uh, the page right now. And it, um, I'm looking at the show. This is right up my alley, man. It just might be. So oh, we're gonna, no. I guess we're going to be doing a little bit of an AEW Daily Double here. This is more up my alley than you think, and I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> All right. So it's F4W Online, the good old Observer. Miro is featured in a trailer for the new CBS television series, East New York. He plays, you have to say it that way when you're talking to your friends about the show. Uh-huh. He plays the character of Nikolai Dushkin. It's my best guess at that name. Mm-hmm. In the series pilot, in the trailer, his character can be heard asking for a lawyer during a police interrogation. So in other words, he has a real big role. Yeah. Regina Hayward is the newly promoted deputy inspector of East New York, a working class neighborhood at the edge of Brooklyn. She leads a diverse group of officers and detectives, some of whom are reluctant to deploy her creative methods of serving and protecting in the midst of social upheaval and the early seeds of gentrification, reads a description of the show. Uh, Miro hasn't wrestled since Full gear on November 13, 2021. He was defeated by Brian, da- Brian Danielson, who I've definitely heard of. <laughs> Could have fooled me, huh? Uh, that <laughs> night in the finals of the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Don't know why that name was so hard. In March, it was reported that Miro signed a contract extension with AEW that will keep him with the company through at least the start of 2026. Nice, man. Then and I think it's good. He's getting a few acting roles. I think you know. I mean, we saw him. I I don't know if you remember, but there was a the WWE movie. Uh, me and Anthony reviewed the countdown. it. Yeah, thank you. 
Um, he was in that, and he was great. I've never seen it, but it looks bad shit ridiculous. It, it was, <laughs> it was definitely. If if you want to check out the Hollywood Hangout review, it's up there uh, on Anchor, so you can check that out. Now, Smark, I don't know if you were uh, looking at the website that you sent me, but if you look at the thumbnail for the trailer that uh, is on YouTube, there, I don't know if you got that pulled up there. Yep, I got it. Now, if you look at the man who looks like he is a two-star chief, that would be Jimmy Smith, who played Bobby on NYPD Blue. Cannot get past that mustache, not going to lie. Sir, this show is more up my alley than you think. I will definitely be checking this show out. Most definitely be checking this show. And Regina Haywood is very good. She was in a uh, another show I used to watch called uh, Person of Interest, so... Both of these uh, had both been in cop shows before that I very much enjoyed, so I will check that out. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's Bobby who took over for David Caruso in season two of NYPD Blue. Stayed sure. stayed until season six, episode five. Yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a trailer here. I haven't had the chance to watch it. I, I wouldn't watch it anyway. It's not really my uh, yeah bailiwick. I guess we'll we'll use that word. That's fun. Uh, it's not my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but um, it did seem like it would appeal to you, I guess. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the trailer, but yeah. She, so he's going to be in this East New York show, mm-hmm. show. So that's fun. Looks good to me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put this on my. Uh, it's a CBS show. It says. Yep, CBS. CBS. Guess what? I've got it. Uh, Paramount. Plus is basically CBS Network, so that's how I watch um, SWAT. It's how I watch uh, Blue Bloods, and it'll be how I watch this show, too. I'm going to definitely check this out. I have absolutely... That actually kind of jogged my memory. I want to rant about something real quick here. Mm-hmm. These sort of more obscure net, like streaming services, are, are they're just starting to bother me. Because it was... Last week was Friday the 13th, and I was like, ah, you know, it'll be a novel idea. I'll watch the original Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. No fun will be had by all. It's only on fucking AMC+. Plus. Nobody has AMC+. Plus. That's not even a real service. You know you can get it for seven days free? I mean, I could steal it, too. There's ways to do this, but, I like, know. fucking AMC+, Plus, and uh, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's just a fucking AMC+. Plus. Paramount Plus, the uh, fucking just all of it, the Peacock, these fucking more obscure channel streaming services are just starting to bother. Like I, I don't normally support monopolies, but I feel like there should be four or five streaming services, and that should be it. Like you, you leave Tubi because Tubi's free. You got maybe Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You can keep those. Now, if you have Prime, though, Paramount Plus comes with Prime. Interesting. Yeah. I do so, have access to Prime. Yeah. So Paramount Plus comes with Prime, and that's how I watch. I mean, really, that's why we got rid of cable. I really only need cable for like four shows total. And I, and I mean, I'm not them. here to talk about like politics or anything, but it did make me laugh that like they rolled out CNN Plus. And they promoted the shit out of it. And then with like within a month of its launching, they just. It kid failed. They had. They just dropped it. It's like, yeah, it's not a thing anymore. Uh, you know, and I, I gotta say, man, I, I'm not even blaming that on the network, on CNN, or anything. There's just too many fucking out there right now. Every network has already, a, a couple of years ago, put out their own 
either streaming service or, you know, subscription service. They're just, I, I think they were just too late to the game. I really, yeah, that was I really no do. Creative angle that they were coming at. No. Cause like the, 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 the brunt of their commercial was them talking about their like vast catalog of documentaries. It's like Netflix has plenty of good documentaries. Hulu has plenty of good documentaries. Like that's all, if that's all you're offering, you don't have like it's not a unique enough of a spin. Yeah, absolutely, man. It it it, it is so. Ah, shit. But yeah, I, it, it, there are too many out there, and I mean, my wife actually started going through and figuring out all of our subscriptions, and. Thanks to her, she subscribes, right? And she's like, I got the seven days free. She forgets to fucking unsubscribe. That's how they do. We were paying for like like almost a hundred bucks a month in subscriptions. <laughs> and we finally started canceling them. Babe, to do be we honest, really need Telemundo Plus? <laughs> we didn't have that. But to be honest, I even told her to cancel fucking Peacock. I was just fucking cancel Peacock. I barely watch the fucking pay-per-views anymore. If I need to watch them, I know how to watch a pay-per-view. We'll fig- I'll, I'll figure it out when we do. So I'm not worried about it. But um, all the others... I want to try Shudder. Shudder's not bad. It's I have... Not very good. Because sh- there's another one where you get like a 30-day trial. But yeah. I, I would I, have to go through it because I imagine that they want credit card information. So I would have to try my hand at a couple of... Um, Actually, I replicating don't, websites. Actually, Shutter. I don't think you need a credit card until the thirty days is up. Ah, fucking badass! I will look into that. I think Crackle is another good one too. Um, I got that one. I've got free, free something. The, uh, I'll tell you the truth, and I probably shouldn't even be mentioning this, but the best one I found for Prime for like the Amazon uh, Cube I have is something called Cinema APK. It's actually called Cinema Free APK. There ain't no TV show or movie I have not found yet. Everything is on there. If you know what you're doing, you can get it on your Roku, Fire Stick, and all those services. <laughs> Just uh, hey, tell them I sent you. Uh, <laughs> there's a like, there's a at the Walmart that I used to go to that I moved. It was a local Walmart, like my grandparents would go to it too. One of the greeters. Like, was teaching my grandparents how to get access to all of these apps and programs. Oh. And, like, it, it's something about that is, like, sort of uplifting and, like, heartwarming in a way of just, like, they're defying the stereotypes. So, like, the older generation is out here with the younger generation pirating movies and television shows. Like, you love to see it. That's, like, above and beyond, dude. Mm-hmm. That is above and beyond. I'm, I'm, I'm for it, dude. I'm, I'm all Hell for yeah. it. Yeah, I'm um, hell yeah. Hell oh hell yeah. Um anyway, let's uh let's see, we are exactly smart, pretty much two hours into the show. Let's see how quick we can get through this wrestling thing. Now we're gonna get an AEW, obviously. Um I did miss the beginning of the show. Which means I did miss a couple of things that were sort of important, which I'm going to now go to Smark. And I saw, because of the magic of the internets, Johnny Elite was the first Joker. 
a little disappointing. I, yes and no. Um, I kind of wonder, I had a little bit of a hiccup there, sorry about that. No, you're fine. I kind of wonder if they're not putting him in a position, to a much smaller extent, but like they kind of put him in the Christian position. Because we were talking about jokers, we were talking about people who are going to theoretically be a part of the roster for you know, an extended period of time, putting them in the joker walls, what it looked like coming into the show, at least. And so there was a lot of talk about like the two most popular names that were bandied about. And like it's not Tony Khan's fault necessarily, because it was all just speculation and conjecture anyway. But the, the two big names that were thrown around were, of course, Claudio and Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. And you got yourself a Johnny, but you got yourself Johnny Elite. Yeah, we got the other Johnny. Um, wasn't quite expecting. <laughs> it was funny, Dirk. Dirk hit me up on Messenger and he's like, that was unexpected. I'm like, yeah, the only thing that was expected was his fucking last name. Johnny Impact. I feel like Johnny uh, Dynamite. Uh, I don't know if you want to use the word dynamite, man. I might get flagged on the internet. Yeah, and I'm true. I'm I'm unfortunately not bullshitting. Johnny Rampage is also a, a decent name. Mm, that sounds kind of violent too, Smart. Um That's not my fault they named their shows these things. That's 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 kind of violent. Uh, you know, Johnny Rampage, uh, that might get you looked up too. Well, like he can't call himself Johnny Fairplay. That's somebody else's gimmick. Yeah, I wouldn't want to call myself Johnny Fairplay to even be associated with that fucking guy's gimmick. I'm not the biggest Johnny Fairplay fan. I kind of think that guy's a real scumbag. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I don't know why, but I just uh, like him and Andy Dick. I because I kind of think Andy Dick's a little scummy too, but that they, they they just remind me of each other and i don't know why see i feel like if he could have stayed sober he would have been like a huge deal because like, when yeah. he was actually when he actually could focus and like give 100 percent something andy dick's actually a pretty funny dude but at the same time he was also largely responsible for why phil hartman died so fuck him uh, he was one of the funniest parts of news radio when that show yeah, he, was. he really was Absolutely. he was great in that show he was really one of the fun- and I've said before, most of that show was improv. They they re, they really never stuck to the script, which is what made that show so great. Um, love that fucking show. I, I I that's one show I need to probably get into on the uh, movie show one night. But um, so I missed most of that, Smart. Now, how was that debut? Was it, was it good? I, I, I missed my, I, I'll tell you where I picked up. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm right in the middle of this Keith Lee and Swerve versus whoever it was match. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not in the middle. Like two seconds later, they won with this ridiculous fucking finishing move that looked painful. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess to go to the show versus elite match, it was outside of just, I think people kind of had a little bit of the steam taken out of them or, you know, the wit taken from them just because they were expecting it to be other people. So you like put him in a bit of a difficult position. Yeah. But the match itself was, it was good. I mean, it, it sounds kind of dismissive, but it's, it's not intended to be. He like, he did what he always kind of does. He hit those you know signature moves right. that he does and that pretty much nobody else does. So they still look cool. Um, 
but you know he got his he got his moves in. Joe hit him in a muscle buster. He won the match. Um, I wouldn't at all be opposed to him being there for a long term run. No, because it's just he he's somebody who is sort of he's in a weird position because like I don't think he's like a world champion in like an AEW or a WWE, but at the same time like he's somebody that's too good to be on the indies either too though because mm-hmm. like when you see him. Like, he's bigger than most of the independent wrestlers. He's a lot more, like, chiseled than the rest of the independent. Like, he looks like, when he's on the independent scene, he looks like he's, you know, a fish in a big, you know, big fish in a small pond. Mm. Like, he looks like this huge star, but then when you get him in the presence of, like, other big stars, he doesn't look the same. It's sort of weird. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's just, he's like hook number two. I mean, if you think about what they're trying to portray Hook as right now, more of a badass, not a high flyer. But I kind of see some coincidences right there with, you know, they're trying to make Hook this kind of really pretty boy that's, you know, just got this fucking, you know, he's ripped. He can go out there. He can kick your ass. All they got to do is put fucking glitter on his abs. And it's kind of fucking John Morrison re you know redone with without the high flying that's it sorry yeah I can see what you're saying I'm a little bit bummed out now that I'm thinking about it if they're going to keep Johnny Elite out there in the long run kind of bummed that they uh, didn't renew Jack Evans because you could have fucking I would have been totally fine with them doing basically like the AEW version of the uh, stable that they had in Lucha Underground the Mm -hmm. worldwide underground that might be why they didn't keep Jack Evans. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably would have been the only person that wanted that, but I fucking loved it because he would just like he would strum the air guitar, and they would actually add audio sound effects to it to make it sound like he was actually playing. It was fucking <laughs> ridiculous. But it was fun. Um, nice. So yeah, we can keep going with this if you want to. They they did a weird segment backstage where they announced that it was breaking news that Jeff Hardy was medically. Comp- cleared to compete as though there was like reports of the contrary it was weird um the young bucks like they interrupt this little segment they have because it's it's jeff and matt hardy and whoever it is that does the aw interviews like they yeah. it, it's gotten to the point now with wrestling where like the interviewer person is just so fucking interchangeable that i don't know who any of them are uh, but um, some lady was interviewing Jeff Hardy. It's not even on the rundown that I'm like looking at right now. It's nobody knows who any of these interviewers are. Huh. But anyway, she was interviewing Jeff Hardy. The young bucks show up. Uh, Matt Hardy calls them Hardy Boys cosplayers, which is pretty funny. And he said that Jeff Hardy was going. Of course, he was going to compete because he's a real Hardy and they're fake Hardys. And uh, if they if the young bucks get involved in their uh, Jeff Hardy's match. He, he's going to give them a, a whooping. He's going to take them to the woodshed. Oh, shit. They're getting all country on them, boy. Mm-hmm. You come out here to wrestling, boy. I'm going to go out here and give you a whooping. I'm going to take you to the woodshed, motherfucker. That's it. That's right. And then Hangman wrestled some guy that I've never heard of. That was pretty fun, oh, I guess. Great. That's great for your champion. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's great for well, the no, champion. It, it's uh, Kanosuke Takashida. Oh. It's spelled Take Shitta, which makes me laugh. Okay. Um, That's it's just. T A K E S H I T A. Way too uh, easy. Smart. Don't take the easy way on that joke. Don't do it. Ah, uh, well. 
Um, he, I guess he's from DDT. They they announced that on commentary. And he's done a couple of AEW matches before, but I just uh, like I, I don't know if that's the right way to go because they just have him wrestle this like basically relative nobody, and like two weeks before the title match. Hmm. And, like, the big sort of thing was that he, Adam Page, won the match by hitting the GTS. Punk was on commentary. Hmm. So they had a little stare down after the fact. And it was, like, you know, just more of Punk on commentary talking about how he was going to win the match and how it was better than uh, Hangman and so on and so forth. Uh, Punk had a T-shirt on that uh, basically took over the Internet or took over Twitter for a while. Uh, you can find that if you'd like to, but there's really not too much of a reason to talk about that. And then uh, you get to where you came up on was the Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus the Workhorsemen were the team that you were thinking of. Oh, okay. All right. I, it, like I said, it was really quick. Which actually, that all ties in well because it's uh, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry being the person that was in the match with Joe Black. That's right. headbutt. That's right. I thought I had seen that fucking guy before, and I remember now. Okay, you're right. I it didn't click, man. I I'm my brain is not working this fucking week, dude. I I've been up since five this morning. For some reason, my wife had her alarm set for five a.m. I don't get up till five thirty. I lost thirty minutes of sleep today, smart. I just don't know what I'm gonna do. I hate that. That always sucks. I I didn't have a really good night's sleep either. So we're both kind of in the same boat. Well, it's worse when you. Like, literally, that 30 minutes is important. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it until you get up and you try to go back to sleep and you can't. Yeah. And then you're, oh, my, my shower wasn't even enjoyable this morning. Um, but uh, after the match, uh, Keith Lee grabs a mic. He's like, well, of course, he very intelligently tells us with that win him and Swerve are a top five ranked team we get Hobbs and Starks coming out and Starks looks like he just hustled the guy on the golf course mm-hmm. um, he does he looks like a fucking golf course hustler I'm sorry he he just does um, next thing you know we get Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy coming out after that uh, they're with Christian Christian's doing all the talking thank God uh, I mean my favorite part of this promo, this little exchange. I know where you're going. Swerve <laughs> says that uh, t- fucking, I wanted to call him Tony Starks. He's Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, he looks like a bar of soap with a pearl necklace on. <laughs> Christian comes out and then says he looks like somebody who golfs with his grandpa. See? And you, if you watch closely, you see them in the background. It's a little bit blurry. But Swerve looks at Keith Lee and he does like the sort of half like, eh, I don't know about that one. And he mouths <laughs> to him, mine was better. And Keith Lee nods. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that segment. Yeah, they were working together on that segment there a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I, I, I did like it. But um, it, like I said, Starks looked like a fucking golf hustler. I didn't even hear that line. Um, but yeah, thank God. Christian was doing the talking because we all know when Jungle Boy starts talking, it just isn't intimidating. Um, They did make it a three-way tag match at Double or Nothing, but next week, Ricky Starks versus Swerve versus Jungle Boy for no reason at all. No, I know. There's reasons. There's reasons. There was some interference last week in the match with Swerve and all that stuff, and I'm just joking with you. Um, But there we go. 
good segment. Not a not a bad little segment. Again, they're just trying to keep the storylines going because they obviously the uh, double or nothing is in the 29th. So you know, next week we'll talk a lot more about uh, about that right there because this will be their go home show. Um, so that'll be cool. But uh, good shit here, man. I'm I'm again Ricky Starks. I'm definitely turned the corner on his character. I did not like him in NWA. I shit talked the guy every chance I got when he was in NWA and and I was watching, but he's a different character. They've really let him be. It looks to be like he's they've let him be a little more him turned up and I like it. So, good shit, man. Good shit here. Hobbs, I think he's definitely got a, a, a big future. It's just going to take a little longer than I think we all expected. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, Smart is when we get to the MJF segment, and we know this is usually, and has been for the past few weeks, the most, like, this is like the highest ratings of the show is this Wardlow and MJF segment, like, pretty much every week. Uh, MJF comes out with Sean Spears, of course. Boy, Smart, how a crowd changes. How a city can change a character. Babyface last week in his hometown, and boy, did they hate this motherfucker in Texas, my man. He kept dry heaving when he said that he was now in Texas. (laughs) I love that he couldn't even say it without gagging. Uh, this crowd did not like him, and, and I, I thought it was hilarious. This crowd was fucking loud in Houston. They were chanting, yelling, not chanting, yelling, asshole at him. You could barely hear him. They started yelling, shut the fuck up. Um, then Wardlow, Smart, we see the old, uh, that reminded me of some WCW shit when the fucking, the, uh, the, the, the garage door opened. That reminded me of some WCW shit. I don't know why. But um What would they have done if it got stuck? I was picturing like a fucking oh god, what is it? the spinal tap moment of just like it fucking stuck and like you just have to see Wardlow just like struggling to push it up. Well, I don't know if you know this, but you can duck under. Yeah, that's not impressive though. Not impressive. Wardlow could have just fucking kicked the shit out of it and broke it, which he probably could fucking do with fucking ease. But um, it was, but yeah, they were chanting this shit. No, I shut the fuck up. Wardlow's being walked down. He's got the fucking ring security. He's going down to get his 10 lashes. He's handcuffed. And uh, they start taking these 10 lashes. Wardlow does. Doesn't even phase him. And dude, they're not fucking hitting him light. That's a tough motherfucker right there. MJF's getting pissed. Spears takes over, Smark. And Wardlow finally reacted to one of his. I believe it was the ninth one. So they had one left. MJF goes up for the last one. Instead, he kicks him in the balls. And then just proceeds to beat the hell out of him. He chokes him with the fucking belt. And remember, he's still handcuffs, Mark. So they're just beating the living shit out of this guy. Spears, remember, he's got a match with a, a cage match with him where MJF is a special ref. Cage match, right? Yeah, where MJF is a special ref. And uh, Spears pins him. MJF counts the three. So a little uh, little teaser 
to their little uh, little match coming up with MJF being the uh, special guest referee. And it was at this moment I saw a fully dressed Scooby Doo in the crowd smart. <laughs> I wish I would have seen that. I don't know how you missed it. Scooby Doo was right in front in the uh, which would have been where the where the where the ramp goes where the stairs are. I wish you sat closer to the like to the ring. Because I would love nothing more than like watching a wrestling shows just seeing the fucking asshole in the green shirt with the smiley face on it. Like sitting next to Scooby Doo. I hope someone else caught Scooby Doo because uh, I looked up and I'm like, oh my god, I see a full dress Scooby Doo. In well, it absolutely has to be on Twitter if it indeed happened. I believe you. So let's go to the Twitter first. I would hope. Find I would a picture hope. Here. I mean, I could have been high and seen shit, but I'm <laughs> 99.999% sure I saw Scooby Doo in the crowd. Well, it's Scooby Doo? Mm hmm. From the Undertaker cameo, could have been, could have been. Do my kids still watch that movie? Shut up! I, <laughs> Just, I will. I will never forget that. No, my kids. All kid? elite Scooby Doo. <laughs> all right. Um, after all <laughs> that shit. Yep, he's there. There you go, Scooby Doo. Okay, I was not too fucking high. I, sometimes I'm like, man, that, did, I, did I really see that? When you start questioning me, I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Weeb says Fred takes Velma and Daphne and lets Scooby and Shaggy go by themselves. I think I found the guy. Oh, I found his Twitter account. Uh-oh. Because he sent out a tweet. I guess he's been doing this for a couple of uh, shows now that they've been in Texas. Oh. Because there's one from December 14th, uh, 2021, where he says, Hey, guys, unfortunately, Scooby-Doo won't be attending AEW tomorrow night in Carlton, Texas. But I do wish all of you well until next time. Uh, his Twitter handle is at do the right thing. And uh. former All Elite Scooby-Doo at AEW. <laughs> This guy is married, and yeah, uh, he's a doc. He has a doc. He's a doctorate student, which um, I can't even say, let alone achieve. I'm. So um, there you go. I'm sure his wife is. Uh... So the next match was Kyle O'Reilly versus Phoenix <laughs> in an Owen Hart Memorial match. Um... <laughs> oh, you posted it. Thank you, Smart. Um, I. I... I gotta tell you, man, I'm not the biggest Kyler Riley fan, but this fucking badass. I liked it. I liked the fact that we had Phoenix in there working the high flyer style against Kyler Riley, who's working the MMA style. They took both their styles, and I thought they put it together to have a really fucking good match. I didn't even fucking take notes. Literally, my notes are the, the uh, Kyler Riley versus Phoenix, Owen Hart Memorial match. O'Reilly wins. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's weird because, like, you know, like you said, that's sort of the notes. But um, I thought it was the best match. Like, it, it, it's very interesting because they have two very different styles. Mm -hmm. So you never quite know how something like that's going to turn out. Sometimes it's a shit show. Sometimes it's good. It was a styles clash, if you will, pun oh. intended, I guess. But uh, it worked out really well. They had a really good match. They worked well with each other. I mean, Phoenix is fucking, I love Phoenix. He's great. Yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly puts on really good matches, too. So it turned out that it was really good. Yeah, I thought it, the, the, I thought the, uh, as you just said, the clashing of styles actually really, really just fucking 
went well together with these two. I, I, I have not, not, not only no, I think you're right. I think it might've been the best match on the card tonight. I guess to sort of sum it up a little bit, they, uh, the majority of the match was kind of built on Kyle O'Reilly working over Phoenix's arm because mm-hmm. he was just now coming back from the uh, injury at the beginning of the year where he suffered that the, the arm injury falling right. through the table, uh, that title match, tag Ooh, title match. Yeah. So they built the majority of the match on Kyle O'Reilly working on his arm and then he ended up catching Phoenix in an arm bar and that's how he won the match. So really easy story to kind of follow and tell, but uh, it was a good match. I thought so too, man. I really thought they put, they, they, they put some great shit together in that match. Those two. Um, after that, we get uh, Danielson. I, I, I didn't get many of the backstage segments. I, I got home late and I was trying to get the show ready. I was trying to do this. I was trying to do that. So anyway, uh, we have Danielson and Regal. They're making their way down to the ring. We get uh, Moxley's music hitting, and it's him, it's Eddie Kingston, it's Santana, it's Ortiz, and they're just making their way through the crowd like fucking three BMFs, like th- or four bad motherfuckers coming on down to the fucking ring. Uh, we get uh, JAS, Jericho Appreciation Society. They're making their entrance. Um, now, Hager comes walking out like he just pulled up in Magnum P.I.'s car. Dude, he is fascinating. He is like unexpectedly the most fascinating part of this stable. No, he no, doesn't no. Say anything. He just sort of exists. No, Matt, Matt Menard. I'm sorry. He is going to be the breakout star. That motherfucker is charisma for days, dude. I love it. His facial expressions, what just his look. He is hilarious. And I think that's going to fucking go really far for him. Oh, I mean, I've said this before, but like just it's the formula. It's happened in every company they've ever been a part of where they start off as the obnoxious heel and then but then they heels rather. But then mainly because of him, they become Mm -hmm. so endearing that the fans like them because they're goofballs and they get in their corner and then they become underdog faces like it'll definitely happen. It's just a matter of time. They will end up there. I'm telling you, dude, it reminds me. He really does remind me of Pesci. He just, he, for some reason, he's got some Joe Pesci qualities to me, and I fucking love it. I fucking his love it. His fucking delivery is amazing because he's he's talking about he's trying to stir the pot. Yeah, and he's t- t- he's telling Kicks he's like, ah, oh, you remember what Danielson said about you? Said you were lazy. You were a bum. <laughs> he's, he just keeps fucking going. It's just amazing. <laughs> It's great, man. It, it, it's it, it's good shit. A lot of it really just goes fucking together. But um, um, this time, though, they decided to cut the crowd off of singing Jericho's song, which I was waiting for them to do. I kind of thought they let it go too long. I, I, I knew it was going to go eventually. Um, this was a pretty... Man, I'm trying to think of the word here. Uh, this was a pretty scathing segment with Jericho. Jericho ripped a lot on Regal and uh, his demons from his past. Um, and I got to say, I was pleasantly shocked to hear the crowd fucking pop so great for Eddie Kingston. This motherfucker, uh, uh, they're in Texas. We're supposed to hate y'all Yankees. And fucking the crowd loved them some Eddie Kingston here, man. <laughs> Absolutely was, loved it. That was another like 
great part of the promo was that he like he goes to Kingston. He's like, yeah, Kingston, you said that Danielson is obnoxious. Kingston's yep. like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> he didn't back down. He's just like, yep, that's what I said. That's yeah. the truth. He looked right at Danielson like, yeah, you can be. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, then, and then Regal proceeded to, uh, I, I love that Jericho uh, rolled back to the, uh, I'll just pee in your tea again. And I love that Regal said, I used to just go in your locker room and stick your toothbrush straight up me bum. Okay. <laughs> me backside, he said. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? But I, it, it was pretty, it was funny though. Again, Matt Menard just sitting there with just like, like spitting out like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. Fucking great, man. Um, and uh, Jericho. Makes the stadium stampede match. Stadium. Did I just? I think I said that wrong. Stadium stampede. Well, you got it right. Stadium stampede. I thought I said stadium stampede. If I didn't, whatever. And I love Moxley. <laughs> I'm not doing that shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to see that happen, and it finally did. Where somebody's just like, "Yeah, no, I'm not doing that stipulation." No, no. like it's so great because he's just like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that shit." You are not sucking, as he said, "You're not sucking me into your sports entertainment vortex." No, he's like, "Fuck that." We're gonna get in the ring. We're gonna do this shit. Gang rules. Well, we call it what you fucking want, but we're just gonna get in here and kick each other's ass. I fucking love it. Um, little tension there with uh, 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 Danielson. And Kingston at the end, which, uh, whatever. I don't think it's going to lead to any. So I, I really thought this was a great segment. I thought um, just Jericho just digging pretty deep into um, Regal's past was pretty cool. I thought the whole segment went off well. I really did. For a mainly comedy segment. Yeah. I really enjoyed it as well. I think it was probably the highlight of the like talking segments, I guess, for lack of a better term, the, the segments of promos. Yeah. It was probably my favorite of the night. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought so too. Then we had this Britt Baker match. Smart. Britt Baker DMD. Give her the respect. Give her that it's respect. divisive. Give her the respect. This what? So this is going to be divisive. Maybe not amongst us, but I, I was already seeing a lot of uh, yeah split takes. Well, you've got the fucking Jim Cornette cult uh, jumping on in here who hates Makioto. Makioto turned out to be the other Joker. And listen, you're right. Divisive is a perfect word because that's exactly what this woman is. She is hated by a lot of people, and she's also completely that there's not this big middle ground she's either completely loved and adored or despised and that's really it i gotta say i think she's i i i go with the with the kind of funny and adorable i think she's fun i really do this match i i thought this match was it a great match no but you know what i thought this match turned out to be a fun little match to watch yeah that, that's pretty much where i stand too because i absolutely love her but like i was sitting there thinking about it because she comes out and she does the whole thing she does singing and i i can't tell because i don't listen to that genre of music yeah if it's supposed to be like i know she was genuinely in 
she was genuinely an idol or whatever for a minute. Uh, that was the actual real thing that happened. But I can I can I can't tell whether or not this is like a Jeff Jarrett thing and she's supposed to be singing bad on purpose or if she's actually singing good. Like I have no fucking barometer for that. So mm-hmm. that makes it that adds an extra layer to it. But she comes out and uh does the whole thing where she's like they're gonna do the finger poke of doom. The bell rings and she just like smiles at Britt Baker and then like lays down. And then when Britt Baker goes for the pin, she hits her with like the worst looking roll up I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then it dawned on me that it's like Okay, she's not a great wrestler, Maki Ito, but, like, I fucking love her. Like, she's highly entertaining. Like, maybe not the best in terms of form or technique by any stretch of the imagination, but I want to watch her wrestle. Because she just she did a lot of entertaining shit. Like, she's like, Britt Baker went after her. And I think she, like, slapped her or something, and then she started to, like, pretend to cry. Yeah. And then she stomped on her foot and flipped her off, and then, like, I guess got into, like, a side headlock or something. Mm-hmm. But it was just, like... Just everything that she does is like funny and interesting and entertaining. And like you said, the whole Jim Cornette thing was like, he said that she was a deity of shit. And she replied by posting a photo of her covered in chocolate syrup with the caption, I am shit God. So it's just like, she's like, you can't, you can't fuck with this lady. Like she is like untrollable. She calls her fans simps. Like it's just, it's love. Like she fucking shits on her fans. Like it's just, it's great. I love it. I I think her don't, her DGF, her doesn't give a a fuck attitude. Really, it draws fans to her. Some fans, obviously not all fans. That's kind of what I like about her. She seems like she doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't care what anyone thinks. She does her thing. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Jim Cornette doesn't fucking like her. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to fucking make you not like me more. Fuck you. I love it. I love it. It was so amazing because like, I have seen so many wrestlers like just sit there and argue with him for hours or like bitch and complain about something that he said about them for just like forever, days and weeks and months on end. And like he said some shit about her and she just like went with it. She's like, yeah, I am. I do suck. Yeah, Uh she don't care. She just doesn't give a fuck. And I fucking love it. I think that's great. I think a lot more wrestlers should actually take a fucking page out of that DGF book. That old uh, dilly gaff. Do I look like I give a fuck? That's what people need to fucking do a little more of. Um, all right. We got two more little segments here, Smart. And we need to get the fuck out of here, don't we? We do. We do. We got 22 minutes left on our uh, on our little mixler here. Um, but we don't have much more to get to. We have two more little segments here. And um, I don't have a ton on this segment. Besides, I think it might have been one of the most awkward segments of the night. Um and I hate to say, but I think we've said this about Serena Deeb segments more than once. Serena Deeb uh, comes out after that match, and she calls out Dustin Rhodes. This was very awkward, like I said. Uh, she came off very... Mm, I hate to say this because she was actually complaining about WWE. She actually came off very Stephanie McMahon in this fucking segment to me. It started off bad, and I feel like it got better towards the end. A little. But, like, I don't blame anybody if they, like, checked out towards the beginning or the middle and she just didn't get them back. Because I started checking out a little bit, too. 
but she like kind of basically the whole crux of the situation was she got mad at Tony Schiavone for saying that she didn't think that she could beat Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. And she got mad at Dusty or Dusty Rhodes. And no, that's not true. She got mad at Dustin Rhodes for hey. say for like going on and on and praising Thunder Rosa and how she was his pupil and all this business. I, I really can't remember how exactly she tied this all into her experience. But then after that, she went on to talk about like how basically she's been disrespected and underappreciated her entire career and how she had to like go as far as to get a boob job in order to appease a creepy old pervert, which boy, that was a thinly veiled insult. Uh-huh. But like, and then she had to shave her head because she was given this gimmick and she, you know, wanted to do anything it took to be successful. And now the time has finally come and she's going to like get over all these hurdles and all these people that are, you know, fucking her over and she's going to do the thing and win the belt. And like I said, it got a lot better towards the end because it seemed like some genuine emotion was starting to get in there, but it it did get off to a rough start for sure. I, I, I just think she's not the very good, her delivery just isn't very great. I don't know why. I I just don't. I like Serena Deeb. I think she's very good. I think she's very good in the ring. I just w- when they have her come out and cut these very passionate type segments, I think she misses the mark. That's just my opinion. I just think she misses the mark on him. Um, she knows what to say, but she doesn't know how to say. It. There like you, you go. Like you said, the delivery. Yeah. The Kate, it just, it seems kind of inauthentic at times. There you go. It's just like, I understand I'm supposed to be mad, but then like the emotion doesn't come through. Like, if you ever remember like Sid promos, where it was like, <laughs> what he's saying is not bad, but like, he just, it's, it's, he's not, it doesn't seem like he's capable of human emotion. Right. Or the emotion just doesn't match. Or like, I mean, she's, she's mad. You know, Serena D was pissed off at, at at Dustin for this, for saying this. Oh, how could you say I couldn't beat her? I did this, I did that. But it's like, in the, it just seemed like she was reading something. It seemed right. like she, it, like she had bullet points written down on a list. I don't know. Which she she might have. She might have bullet pointed her promo, but I don't know. It. It misses the mark. I don't want to say it's awful. It's not. It's not bad. It's not horrible. I just think she misses the mark in certain points. And I'll just leave it at that. At times. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying to shit on her. I, I actually very much like Serena Deeb. I think she's fucking come a long way. I mean, especially from what she looked like to losing weight, becoming, you know, just completely ripped and... Now, you know, wanting to be the old uh, professor of professional wrestling. I like it. I I, kind of laughed a little bit because, like, she was talking all this shit about, you know, Thunder Rosa and whatnot. So Thunder Rosa came down to the ring Mm -hmm. and, like, she charges at Serena Deeb. And then fucking Dustin Rhodes basically just one hand catches and lifts Thunder Rosa up into the air. Like, it just, she, it made her look so tiny and small. Like, it just made me laugh. I mean, obviously, Dustin Rhodes is a big fucking dude. Like, he's like legit 6'5, 6'6, I believe. He's like two seventy five something like that. So like he's a big he a big boy, but it's still just funny that he just like caught her like she was a like foul ball in baseball. Yeah, pretty much. And 
she's not that big. <laughs> so, no, I mean, she is a bit of a small woman, but. <clears throat> All right. So we get Jeff Hardy. He comes out for his match. He's with Adam Cole. And uh, Cole, well, I'm with him. He's having a match against Adam Cole. Sorry about that, folks. Um, Cole just comes out and hits Hardy on the ramp. Uh, right in the middle of his gyrations. I don't know how you can mess with a man's gyrations, Mark. I think that's a little fucking rude. I'm sorry. I think it's rude. Yeah, he's trying to get his pelvic thrust. Exactly. Exactly. He's trying to gyrate for the audience. They're taking pictures. You're fucking up the shot, you piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it's so fucking silly because he attacks him. And like he, he gets to jump on him, and it's a whole element of surprise. But then he takes time out after he successfully jumps in from behind to do his Adam Cole baby pose. So it just made me laugh because I was like, he just—he is determined to get that fucking thing in. Well, it, it's the same thing as when Jeff comes out to save his brother. He has to gyrate. Um, it's, it's like the same thing. You got to get your shit in, dude. I genuinely love people being so stubborn about their taunts that they will just do them at any and all costs. Got to like do it. Like Pentagon doing the zero fear thing. Oh, he'll do it a hundred times in a fucking match, though. It's a difference. <laughs> yeah, he will keep going until he finally gets to do it. It, just, it always makes me laugh when wrestlers get stubborn like that. And the crowd eats it up every fucking time. So I get yes. it. Um, anyway, again, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm just trying to wrap this bad boy up. Cole wins. The Bucks come out and <laughs> they distract the Hardys. Yes. Um, so Cole ends up taking out both the Hardys, and of course Darby and Sting come out for the save. But <laughs> Darby runs to the ring. Sting briskly walks to yep. the ring. Yep. I fucking love. I, I don't know. It's just something about Sting that if anybody else did this, I would be complaining about it. But Sting just like lightly walking down to the ring with like no urgency at all. Just fucking it killed me, and I loved it. Yeah. Darby is coming out like fucking Evil Knievel, and Sting is coming out like fucking Red Fox. Just two, one young guy, one old guy. Um, that's the only reason I made that little reference. But it's just unbelievable the, how they come out. But Darby and Sting come out for the save. Um, Red Dragon, fucking, I got to admit, that was a great move they did on Darby with that fucking knee that, like, they lit, they, like, threw him into the knee of um, Bobby Fish, that was great move. It looked good. Yeah. looked really good. Um, Kyle hits Sting with a chair. Sting does his uh, usual no-sell of the chair because he's Sting. And remember, he's like the crow, and the crow wouldn't feel that shot. Poor choice of words. Well, I... Uh, uh, Oh, shot. Oh, yeah, that was. Ooh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, the Bucks got him, and it just uh, pretty much chaos ensued after that. It was just fucking all kinds of shit going on. Everybody ends up uh, bing, bang, boom, finishing move. Finishing. It was the same shit how the uh, AEW usually ends. And that was pretty much it. I, did I miss anything there, Smart? We covered it. I think I think we covered too much tonight. I really thought we were actually going to do a quick show since I didn't watch much of AEW, but there was a lot of news this week, man. And um, the one thing I guess we can quickly 
get into is um, very quickly is we had talked about in AEW and we had also talked about uh, with Ibushi that there was more than one Japanese wrestler who had a small problem this week. That was Shida. If you remember, Shida was in the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament and suddenly they took her out. And boy, did she just spoil that shit on Twitter. <laughs> she just... The, the, they did this whole injury angle with her, like completely, un, obviously unbeknownst to her. And she just fucking killed it. She's like, oh, I'm injured, am I? <laughs> and it's like, do you know that... She couldn't make it back in time from Japan. That's a long flight. I get it. But... Did she have to ruin it? <laughs> I mean, she knew she wasn't going to make it back in time. But did Don't you worry, guys. I'm fine. But can you play along, please? It was kind of like she was like, oh, so suddenly I'm injured and I'm out of the tournament. It was like, oh, it was weird, man. It really Jesus was. Christ, poor fucking Julia Hart's had to wear an eye patch for like four months now. Yeah. And you can't even play along on Twitter for an injury. I know. Can we fucking work this out a little bit, woman? But anyway, um, again, that was nothing we needed to spend a lot of time on. I just thought it was uh, a little weird that um, she just decided to totally kill, like total buzzkill. The AEW storyline, um, it, it was just kind of funny to me. I, I got a good chuckle out of it, Mark. Um, and that's it, man. That is it. 